Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. It's very similar to something like that, I'm pretty sure. So. Alright, alright, let's get started, Dustin. <clears throat> okay. Alright. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. Mandy. Hey, now. And first time on the show, Mr. Fitz Walker. Hey, howdy, guys. Hey, hey. Fitz. Uh, so this is episode 177, Fitzwalker from the RC Roundtable. Yay! Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you bringing me on. It's, uh, yeah. uh, it's gonna be interesting because, um, normally I'm the one that interviews people and now I'm in the hot seat. So, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> out of my comfort zone and, uh, hopefully <laughs> you won't ask me where the missing Iranians are or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be fun then. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, first catch up with everyone's week. Who would like to go first? Andy, you want to go first? Yes, I'll go first. All right. I got uh, out, I think it was Sunday, and put three flights on my Protos Max. I did a Pyro funnel, which I was nice. pretty excited about. Like, not just a circuit, an actual full disc, almost vertical funnel. So let me ask you. A pure funnel. Or her, yeah, hurricane funnel. Or is it a hurricane? Because it's, you are hitting it, those points, right? You're go it's it's both either. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so crazy, I was doing like these really nice hurricanes and then doing funnels and I was like kind of together, you know, like funnel, then hurricane, and funnel, then hurricane. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, let's just start doing going a pyro. Nice. And I worked pretty good for three quarters of it. Uh-oh. <laughs> and then uh, coming around from that nine o'clock to six o'clock position, I was going one. counterclockwise. Mm-hmm. I almost crapped my pants because <laughs> I kind of had a brain freeze for a split second. Oh, like, man. Oh, no. What do I do? What do I do? It's coming right at me. Yeah. But it went on around. If you were watching, it probably couldn't even tell. It was, <laughs> but, <laughs> but for me, I was like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was pretty excited uh, to do that. I've been kind of doing the slow uh, circuits and stuff, circles and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I never really stood it up and got going that fast in a full, uh, <clears throat> you know, disc clock, seventy, eighty degrees. Yeah, yeah, being knife edge. Right? Yeah, cool, exactly. Dude. So that was pretty fun. Wow. And I was going to get out uh, one of my planes and fly that, but the wind was gusting really bad here so i called it a day um yesterday i almost finished this t-rex 600 in <laughs> jeez uh, <laughs> you like that kevin i do like it no just, i i actually did finish it i just want to see what you'd say oh you finished it <laughs> i finished it and i was gonna go fly it but i couldn't get the it had that line three and one like a regulator and a glow driver and all that stuff. Right. And I had disconnected everything except for the glow driver part. I was going to use that. But for some reason, I couldn't get it to work. Like I couldn't get it to heat the glow plug. So I was like, well, that's no big deal. I'll just get a glow driver and stick on there and get it started. Well, it turns out with all this house completely full of all this crap I have, 
I did not have a glow driver anywhere to be found. Hmm. I, got, I used to have a couple of those little C cell ones you could just stick on stuff. Right. Yeah. But I don't know where they went. They're probably at my parents' house or something. So I was like, well, dang it. So I didn't get to start it or fly it or do anything with it. Uh, And I ordered a glow driver just to have on hand. Nice, dude. Yeah. See, I've only got the one glow model, that uh, 5.56, and it's got a switch glow on it. So I've never really needed one before now. Sounds like, well, I, it's stupid not to have one of those just as a backup or troubleshooting or helping other people. So I just yeah, ordered one of those like $20 deals that takes the C-cell battery. Yeah, the sub-C. They're great yeah. for just like testing the glow plug. and you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, why? It's stupid that I don't have one of those. I've yeah. got a million things and never the thing that I need. <laughs> always the case. Yeah. yeah. I always prefer the ones that had a little meter on it. So mm-hmm. You can tell that it's working. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. This one, I don't know. It says you can tell, it probably just has a lot or something. It says you can tell if it's working, like if the glow plug's working. I think it's a dynamite or something. Sure. Um, I don't know. I didn't want to spend too much on a, on a really good one, knowing that I'd probably never use it. But anyway, so I did. I didn't get to fly it, but it's ready. As soon as I get a a glow driver, I'll be able to run engine, uh, get it broke in a little bit, and then get it back to Derek. I'm sure he's waiting on it. Nice, as Kevin said. Awesome, <laughs> dude. Yeah. So that's all I've been up to. What about you guys? I can go next, man. I um, flew on Saturday. We had a three day weekend. And it was very nice. I only flew on Saturday. Didn't really do much the rest of the weekend, but uh, went to our club's Warbird Day. It was really cool. They had tons of Warbirds there, man. I brought my $99 P-51 and my Hobby King P-40. Uh, and I brought my old Storch that I had. It's a Balsa Storch. Nice. It's like the yellow 50 one? Something. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, that I was bringing to give to somebody because I no longer fly that thing at all. Like, I just move it around the garage. Mm-hmm. Do you know yeah. who made it? Uh, it was Maxford. Oh, Maxford Models. Okay. Yeah. And it was a good plane. Very scale. Really uh, yeah. cool with the leading edge flaps, which I broke off. Because uh, <laughs> those little balsa things snap. I was 3D printing, like, replacements, but I never got around to putting it all together. And uh, I found out from, you know, a couple of the guys at the club that, you know, there's there's guys that are looking for stuff like that, so it was cool. There there wasn't a lot of guys there, but there was a lot of planes there. It was really weird. Like, nice. it's about six guys there, um, mm-hmm. but tons of planes, man. Mike had some World War One stuff out that was really cool. Like, dude, I love that little Eindecker he has. He's got the big Eindecker, the sixty inch, I think that is, and then he's got a mm-hmm. he's got a sop with pup that's about the same size with a four stroke in it. That's uh, yeah, really cool going around. He doesn't fly at scale though, but it's cool going around, man. <laughs> nice. But he's he's doing like he's close to doing three D, but he's doing rolls and loops and stuff. And yeah, he was, he was hammering <laughs> that thing around. Nice, really cool model, man. And so I had a good time, man. I flew, I flew, brought my helis. I flew a bunch uh helicopters and stuff like that. Nice Oxy Four and five fifty, a couple of flights. Just uh, when I could get in, I was running out there and Oxy Three. I was slamming around 690 it was cool had a good day 
It was really nice weather. Had a really good day. Nice. And then, other than that, I haven't really done much in the hobby, man. <clears throat> so what have you been up to, Steve? Uh, yeah, I mean, this holiday weekend, I didn't really get a chance to do anything RC. It was pretty much just family time. So, fast forward to today, I it was a four-day holiday weekend for me because my wife and I both took off today. And last night, I was like, okay, I'm going to go flying tomorrow. And she's like, yeah, that's fine. I'm going to go clean the house. The house is still dirty. Um, but I did get a chance to go flying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, last night I charged all my batteries, had it all ready, because I didn't want to bring anything but my helicopters, batteries, nitro, you know, my fuel and, and my radio and just kind of bang out flights. I knew being Tuesday and being that it rained this morning pretty heavily that um, no one's going to be at the field. So I was just like, all right, let me just go down there, spend a couple hours, bang out a couple flights and then head out. So I got to the field around one o'clock and I threw down 11 flights in like an hour and a half, two hours. Nice. So basically I had four packs for Goblin 500. That was, you know, back to back. Like I didn't, I didn't turn off my radio <laughs> at all. It was just like flight land, like right there on the flight line. You know, since no one's there, I just take the canopy off, put the new battery, put the canopy back on, take off again. Yeah. Um, and the two on the Black Thunder and then two on the Kraken since those two helis are now sharing the four packs I have for those, which reminds me, I got to buy more packs. My packs are getting old. But, um, and then I fired up the nitro and I was flying the nitro, the black nitro. And after the first flight, I just was, you know, because I went back to back on all of these helicopters really quickly that when I got to the nitro, I was just like, I was ready. Like that engine warmed up and I was pretty much hot fueling that thing just nonstop, just fuel it and go, fuel it and go, fuel and go. So I did about three flights on that. Awesome. And, um, I gotta say nitro still one of my favorite helis to fly. Um, it's weird because I noticed that I definitely fly harder on the electrics. Like I pound on our electrics, like just the sheer power that it has. Right. So I'm just, you know, but something about like the smoke and when I do the hard collective stops and you see like the puff of smoke and push, you know, in whatever direction I'm doing collective stops at, um, it's just, it puts a smile on my face. I'm just loving it. It's awesome. So, a couple of things I was working on was the uh, orientation circuits, trying to still get those down. But, you know, that was kind of like a warm-up. And then once I got into flying, I just wanted to fly. So I started working on, like, really getting my collective stops, like the hard collective stops where you just, like, knife edge, and then you just, you right. know, elevator and cyclic, just pop it and stop the helicopter from moving. I started working on those a lot more. And then I also started working on transitional rainbows. So... As I do a rainbow, I would stall at the 12 o'clock mark. I would um, roll, you know, 180. So basically, I'd be like pushing negative skids out, I guess, or in a roll and then basically come in um, backwards, I guess. I don't know how to describe so it. But you're aileron rolling at the Yeah. 12? So at 12 o'clock, I'm aileron rolling and then pushing the heli and then back the other way and pushing the heli. Cool. Yeah. It's easier to, to show than explain, but yeah. that and. And continuous pier flips. So, you know, I do like the, the half pier stall, tail, you know, tail stall, whatever you call it, um, a lot. But I used to do a lot of crazy sticks, you know, just stir the crazy, stir the right stick like crazy, just hold full rudder, go up and down on the negative. And, you know, when I freak out and the helicopter starts to fall, I just hit rescue, right? Right. Um, but I was doing continuous pier flips without 
the crazy six <laughs> and without the rescue. Nice. So it was just like I would just work on the timing. So that's really what I was working on is the timing of a pure flip and trying to get those down. This is all left rudder stuff. Um, try to get that down before I tried my right, right rudder stuff. But, uh, you know, I got to say the, um, you know, one of the main things was like the collective stops I was working on, which is fun. And one thing I never do is I've always done elevator collective stops. So like it would always be a for- front flip or a back flip. Right. Um, but now I'm, I'm, I was practicing aileron flips. So it's like, you know, you're doing the same thing, but it's just now with your aileron control, you know, your left to right on your right stick. So, um, it's definitely different because the perspective of the helicopter is different, but it's, it's just as fun. I don't know. It's cool. I just love the sound that it makes, you know, it's just like that, you know, if the helicopter stops really quick and makes that little bark of the blades. So it's, it's fun. You know, it's funny you bring up crazy sticks because I had a couple of moments this weekend like that with the Oxy 4, I think it was, where I was just maxed out the, the rudder and I was working on my timing. Mm-hmm. And I swear, I don't, I have no idea what I'm looking at, but I swear I was doing a complete Puro before the flip or whatever. I don't know. I, I swear it was going, but I don't know. I, I got to so, so keep double trying. double Puro flips then? Double, yeah. Double yeah. And then I... And then I did do, I did my first, uh, back to back, like, right rudder pyro, like, you know, fully and then do another one without kind of mm-hmm. losing it. Like continuous, yeah. But dude, nice. it's just, when you, when you, that's, I, when I bring out that Oxy 3, dude, I just beat the living crap out of it. And, oh yeah. my God, it's so much fun. Like, I know where you're at, where you were talking about, like, you get done with the electrics and you bring out the nitro and you're like, hey man, now I'm, I'm really going to have some fun with this. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, yeah, and, and it, it's it's cool, man. Yeah, yeah, Tom definitely. Getting with the with the Oxy three, I mean, that's what that helicopter is made for. It's that's just all I bring it out for. Beat it beat up, the, beat the hell out of it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, do you guys see a lot of uh, nitro helis in your area? Um, I would say we're probably still like, it's it's funny. Like at at our club, I, we're probably what. What do you think, Kevin? 70 electric, 30 nitro maybe? Yeah, I'd say that's probably mm. about and right. And that's probably about the same on the airplane side too. You know, most people fly electrics because of convenience, but we still have a couple of the old school hardcore folks that, you know, mm. you know, sitting there full throttle on the table. You're like, okay, are you done yet? <laughs> it's loud. <laughs> I can't hear anything else. <laughs> Yeah, and it seems like at events, like fun flies, it's more like half and half. Yeah. And there's a lot of nitro. Really? That much? Interesting. Really yeah. big re- resurgence in the last couple of years. Yeah, that's surprising. Yeah, I think yeah, there's more sure. resurgence of nitro in the helicopter um, discipline than definitely in planes. But I feel like planes are like, it's either electric or gassers. Like that's their two, you know, yeah. there's, there's still some nitro, obviously, but... You know, once you start scaling up, it's all gassers, you know? Yeah. Uh, Plus, they have gas engines that are getting smaller, too, so mm-hmm. less, less, uh, more excuse to get a gasser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, the and then the price of fuel. Yeah. 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 Nitro's gone up quite a bit. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That's why I was surprised to see it in the helis. Is, is they give a reason? Is it because of the smell and the smoke, you think? Or, yeah. Yeah, and, and the flight yeah, yeah. characteristics are different. They're just you know, it's it, it's like the helicopter gets lighter and faster and better as you fly it. So yeah, as, you as you warm up, you're like 
you get more into it and get more and more into it and fly harder and you know as it warms up you warm up mm-hmm. yeah. yep exactly <laughs> and the times yeah. can be a little longer too yeah that's true. your flight yeah. time mm-hmm. yeah i mean i was pulling six minute flights today and i still had like a little less than a quarter tank on the mm-hmm. thing so i could have gone to seven and a half if i wanted to but i don't know after six minutes my brain gets higher it's a combination of the the noise, the smoke, the smell, and the fact that, as they say, the helicopter has soul. You know, it mm-hmm. talks to you. You dig a little bit too hard, the engine starts grunting, yeah. and it's you know the immediate feedback and stuff. Where the electric, it just pretty well powers through anything you throw at yeah, it. Yeah, you can stick bang it and it'd be fine. You know. Yeah, I think it'd be hard after the sweet nectar of insta torque with electric. <laughs> Going back yeah. low, you'd be kind of eh. interesting. Okay. Yeah. So Fitz, how's your week been? Uh, been pretty busy. Uh, even with the holidays, uh, there's a I'm preparing to go to a fly-in this coming weekend. So I've been spending most of my time in the workshop getting stuff ready, and some stuff is taking longer than others. And I've had to do some test flights for a couple mm-hmm. new planes. So I've been really busy. Um, uh, I had a couple planes hanging up on the ceiling that haven't flown for years. <laughs> I decided I want to fly again so i needed to one was kind of falling apart and i had to put it back together and just uh just really lots of um what do you call it tlc yeah for some of my mm-hmm. aircraft and stuff so getting that ready so it's, it's taking up quite a bit more time than i thought but i really look forward to flying some old oldies but goodies that's been hanging in the shop forever mm-hmm. that's cool nice. yeah so uh, that's what i do i like to like to rotate aircraft every once in a while. And since um, uh, where I normally fly out, it has a paved runway. So in the place I'm going is all grass. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. my normal fuel is not really all that great for hand launching stuff and belly floppers. Right. Uh, so I usually fly stuff with wheels because it's nice and easy and convenient. So where I'm going, since it's all grass, I'm pulling out all my old belly floppers and hand launch stuff and whatnot. And okay. Get to nice. get by that after a while. Yeah, it's nice to get a little bit of a change. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go into the main topic here. So, Fitz, where are you located? I'm located in uh, quite warm Houston, Texas. Nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty nice. Um, I, I noticed you guys, uh, a couple of you guys in New Jersey, and I just wanted mm-hmm. to mention that I actually grew up in Connecticut. Uh and I lived there for until I was an adult, a young adult, and then moved away. I uh, spent some time in South Carolina, in Florida, where I went to school, and then eventually mm-hmm. ended up here in Texas. Uh, I was in Dallas, Fort Worth for a little while, and then I moved down here to Houston. Nice. Yeah, I'm awesome. pretty. I'm on. I'm pretty backed up on your podcast, but uh, I think probably one of the I don't know, maybe about like five or six episodes ago, you were talking about that you went to the Ram Show, but you lived up there. And this was when the Ram Show was actually in New York instead of in Jersey down in, by our way here in Secaucus. Yeah, yeah, I was in White Plains, New York, which is mm-hmm. just right over the border of Connecticut. So it was easy drive for the most part. Nice. Yeah, so how long have you been in the hobby then? Uh, uh, I, <laughs> a long time. <laughs> um, giving away my age here. I, I'm a child of the 70s and 80s. So um, it started as a young kid, probably in the late 70s, building plastic models. I was really heavily into that. In fact, I'm still into that. Nice. And then um, I had a stepfather who was big into control line. 
Uh, and he uh, introduced me to control line flying. We had uh, some of these old Cox 049, like the PT-19. If you remember those planes, they held together by rubber bands. Yep. Uh, so if you hit the ground and whacked it, it just kind of explodes yeah, pieces. Just mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then put it back together and you're done. And that really got me interested in to fuel engine powered planes. And uh, um, they, they also, my parents told me got divorced, but I still had an interest in it. I had some old leftovers, and I would play with them every once in a while. And that, that interest never went away, even though you know, as a young kid, I didn't really have the money to do anything RC or even control line. But uh, I did have a, a few other control line planes throughout the years um, as a kid that I would fiddle with, just the little cheap plastic ones. Uh, in fact, I – Bought one off of eBay. I have very similar to one I had as a kid. It was a little spaceship-looking thing. I just thought it was really neat. Uh, nice. But for the most, but for the most part, when I was in like middle school, uh, I built uh, free flight rubber band power planes, like the Cox, the Cox, the the Gillows and the mm-hmm. Comets and stuff. I had a lot of fun doing those. Uh, they flew terribly, but I had a great time building them, learning to read plans, covering them, and uh, and so forth. And it wasn't really until I got into high school where I actually had a part-time job where I could actually earn enough money to get my own rail-controlled airplane. And uh, as a matter of fact, you mentioned the Ram show. That mm-hmm. is where I bought my first rail-controlled airplane. Uh, it was at the swap meet they had there. And it had a plane with engine, uh, and it was the right price. It had basically a lot of money I had in my pocket, and I had to get it. It was really neat looking. I remember mm-hmm. seeing it in a magazine. And so I came home with me. And that was really that plane. Uh, unfortunately, on its first flight, it whacked into the side of a school building. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, so I took it up pretty quickly, uh, but it didn't deter me. I was really, really wanted to learn how to fly. And I, I basically, I taught myself how to fly after I built a gentle lady glider. And nice. since I, at the time I lived in the state, of course, it had hills. So I'd go to like a schoolyard, throw it off a hill, learn the basics of control. There wasn't much damage I could do to it because I was just, you know, throwing it. Uh, but once I learned how to control it fairly well, then I stuck an 049 power pod on it and literally flew the wings off of it uh, as it came down in three pieces doing oh. – yeah, after doing barrel rolls with it, uh, oh, I found out later that general laser have notoriously weak wings. So, yeah, mm-hmm. if you have one, beef up the wings before you fly it. Uh, but I had a lot, I had a lot of fun. Um, it was basically, um, I really got heavy into it when I started working at a hobby store and I can get things cheap. And, uh, I would build a few planes and it just, I taught myself how to fly and I had a good time with it and I've been doing it ever since. So I've been really heavy into RC models for about 30 years, roughly, or just under 30 years. Very awesome. Cool. Yeah. I'm a lifer. I wish I had a dollar for everyone that said that they learned how to fly RC with a gentle lady. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah. was like the plane to get apparently. Or I had one. Yeah. Yeah. But it's amazing know. model. They were inexpensive. Mm-hmm. And um, nice looking. Uh, that was my first kit I ever built too. Mm-hmm. Yep, oh, that nice. was my first kit, and I knew nothing about CG. And the first time I tossed it in the air was the last time I flew it. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't learn on it. You know, everyone else learned on it, but not me. But you I, had one. I did have one. I did build one, and I was twelve. So what did I know back then? <laughs> but what's what's funny is recently I picked up another a gentle lady kit. Somebody had one. I think he just gave it to me, new in a box. And I was like, no, yeah. No. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. I, I definitely at some point going to build it, uh, do a much nicer job this time than when I did when I was mm-hmm. a teenager. But keep it for nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and actually put some carbon uh, spars in there. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought of, like, it. I'm going to beef up these wings. Yeah. Uh, there's some guys that fly near us uh, that – a bunch of glider guys. They have, actually have a winch. And so I can go out nice. there, winch yeah. it up. Nice. Well, that's cool. Yeah. There's, there's a guy at our club that has one, and he did the same thing. He mounted a motor on it, and he fly, he's flown it for like three years now I've, that I've seen him. Uh, that he's had it. Mm-hmm. He recovered it. Yeah. Now, now, I eventually built its uh, close brother, the uh, Electra. Okay. Which was basically a gentle lady with beefed up wings and a motor in his nose. Uh, but this at the time was an RC car motor, brush motor on six cells. The thing, you know, barely oh. flew. Wow. So it flew, but it wasn't anything. That, it was really heavy and nothing to write home about. But mm-hmm. I had my fun with it as well. So Fitz, as a, on a side note, you said you, you know, like most of us when we were kids, we were putting the plastic model cars together. Have you seen this guy on YouTube, uh, the Make It RC channel, where he takes those older kits and he actually makes them remote control? Well, really? They're, they're like yeah, that scale. Yeah, he takes scale. these plastic kits yeah. and makes them remote control. It's insane. He 3D prints a lot of suspension parts, designs oh, it wow. himself, and it's really interesting, you know, uh, YouTube channel to fall asleep to. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I do fall asleep to it. I, I can't lie, but I am... I'm getting up there so now i have to admit i do that with boats <laughs> you do that with boats yeah plastic oh take boats. the boats and and make them rc yeah. i've done oh, that to cool. a couple of submarines and i have a little tugboat i just did oh, that man i gotta think that's got to be a lot more difficult to do it with a boat yeah i like a challenge yeah because you gotta make it float number one <laughs> and, uh, except for the submarines you gotta make yeah, them float. yeah. you gotta <laughs> make them say <laughs> you gotta make them sink and float on command. Yeah, yeah. that's gotta be insane. Uh, yeah, it was a learning experience, but I had a lot of fun. I, I ended up doing it to several different ones. So uh, nice. Have you done the Nautilus from Twenty Thousand Leagues? I have not done a Nautilus, but uh, I do have a sea view that I plan on working on at okay. some point. From Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. Sorry, Steve. I didn't mean to sidetrack. No, no, that's cool. So, do you only fly planes, or do you dabble in helis or multi-rotors? Yes. Nice. <laughs> so, all of it. <laughs> I dabble in everything. Um, uh, you may, I, I just mentioned the boats. I, I do mm-hmm. I like to do boats. Cars a little bit. I used to do cars a lot when I was younger, um, but I don't do so much. I, do have, I still have a few, and I have one new in the box, and one of these days I'll put together. But um, mainly I'm airplanes, probably 90%. Oh, no, 80%. 80% of the time I'm flying some sort of airplane. Uh, I do fly helicopters, too. Not nearly as much as you guys or as much as I should, mm-hmm. uh, but I do have a bunch of helis. I've been doing those for quite a while. And um, nice. I multi-rotors is the only thing I never really got into all that much. I do have a um, camera drone, and I've got a sort of a trainer racing drone and some kind of basic uh, toy drones or something like that. But I never really got too much into FPV kind of stuff. I use a camera drone on occasions for certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but uh, it's it's a curiosity, but it's just one of the things I never never tickled my fancy terribly. Mm-hmm. Nothing against them. It's just not something I, I – I have one and it's neat. Uh, but, you know, I haven't – I don't have the urge to buy like a Mavic or something like that. Yeah, I, I think can we're all to that. the same. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> we all have, have something for 
for aerial photography, but as far as FPV and stuff, it's like, yeah. Yeah. I tried. I give it a good college try. I put it on an airplane and I put it on, and I've done, I, you know, I do it through the drones, but it's just not something I go out and do all the time. Just, just tried it and said, yeah, it's interesting, but um, I have my own interests. Cool. I don't think I missed as far as, uh, but I, I'm a hobbyist. I really like nice. all kinds of hobbies. I really mm-hmm. don't really discriminate. Um, I like to try different things. Uh, like I said, I, I like my toys. Right. (laughs) Awesome. Let's see here. We kind of did talk about what got you interested in the hobby. And I definitely think Control Line is a gateway to RC. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's fun. Everybody should try at least once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I tried, I dabbled in when I first was younger and um, I got dizzy. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've never done that. I'd really like to try it someday. We should just get you in a turbine one. You'll just, so. Jet power ones, you just like light it and go and just goes, wah, just goes streaming in circles <laughs> <Okay>. real quick. <laughs> just for your first time. It'd pulse be great. jet things. So yeah, the pulse jet. That's it. Yeah. Make like 8,000 <laughs> yeah. decibels. Yes. Yeah. Be screaming and super fast. <laughs> yes. Love fast and dangerous. Good combination. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> you, you, live, you got a farm you can do that on. So you got no one to worry about. Yeah, you got no true. danger. <laughs> and if I get tired of it, I'll just let go. Just let go, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. If you're feeling danger at any point, just let it go. <laughs> With centrifugal force, it's always going to go away from you, so you're It'll good. land eventually. <laughs> yeah. You want to hear something wild? I talked to a guy once. He said he had a free flight jet-powered plane back in the oh, day. Wow. The, the Pulse Jet. Yeah, I was wow. like, are you crazy? He said, yeah, well, and it flew away. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you think? <laughs> what do you think? Jeez. <laughs> nice. That's funny. Uh, so, Fitz, uh, what do you do for a living, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I don't mind. Uh, I usually give two answers. Uh, I'll give the cynical answer is I answer emails and criticize. Uh, but my job title, I guess, is what do they call me now? Uh, systems engineer. Oh, and, very nice. Uh, I actually work out here at NASA at the Johnson Space Center. What? Oh, wow. Yeah, well, it, it sounds more glamorous than it is, but yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, I do what I do is I analyze in. Um, I don't know, what's the other word I'm looking for? Um, I kind of, it's, I do both, uh, I analyze for safety and I do sort of, uh, uh, assurance, like, um, uh, product assurance for computer systems that go up on uh, kind of space station, for example. Oh, wow. Uh, so what I do is, uh, I work with lots of different projects and that's the criticized part. Uh, mm-hmm. and I evaluate different experiments that they want to put on a space station. So let me back up a little bit. Okay. So the International Space Station is basically one big laboratory. Mm-hmm. And so there's always, always some sort of experiment that's going on with the space station. And that's what it's designed for. It's designed for yeah. to, for us to sort of learn how to work in space, live in space, what does space do to people, animals, plants, uh, what kind of new things can we learn from that and use that to go to the moon, Mars, or whatever. Uh, so we often – there are always actually – Every time you see a liftoff or launch of some vehicle that's going to space station, almost always it's carrying up some sort of device or experiment or resupply or something like that. And so there's lots of little things going on 
all the time. And so my job is to help make sure that these systems, especially if they're computer controlled, don't harm the crew or damage the station. Uh. So we have to evaluate all the experiments. A university or NASA or somebody says, hey, we want to build uh, the device that's um, – uh, that uses a, a mouse to buy control the robot power suit or something. Um, I may have made that up, but, uh, and so <laughs> we look at the system and says, okay, well, what prevents the mouse from grabbing one of the crew members and slamming its head against the wall? And they'll say, well, we have these safeguards in place and this and that. And we evaluate and say, okay, yes, you do, or no, you don't, or, you know, uh, and that kind of stuff. So it's a very interesting thing that I do just kind of, uh, to work with and see lots of different experiments. It's very, very interesting to see what's going on. You wouldn't believe how much different stuff is going on up there. That doesn't get the news. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, you don't have to answer this question, but do you ever walk out of one of these meetings going, man, that guy's seen aliens one too many times? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the next thing is like, I got to stop talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing, I, I though. I mean, I knew that the space station had continuous experiments going on i mean is, that's how we kind of figured out the whole environment to create microchips if i'm not mistaken back in the day right uh brought up into space and had the i, I think i don't know uh i know they've they've experimented with growing crystals in space that might have something to do with that for solar yeah. panels uh there's lots of little things yeah i mean there's a lot of stuff we can do on earth but can we do it better in space or can we learn new things so um uh, a lot of stuff does have a feedback. They used to, NASA used to have a, a book that would say, Hey, this is stuff that we've done in space that has fed back into your life here on Earth and things we've learned. And, you know, it would be on Tang and Velcro. You know, it was, it was right, right. interesting stuff. <laughs> that's amazing. That must be an amazing job. Yeah. It, it has its neat points. It's, it's a government job. So there's lots of paperwork. Uh, but in between that is, some neat stuff. I'm working on some neat things. I don't know how much I can really say about it too much, but yeah. uh, more some some things we're really preparing to this thing to go back to the moon and that kind of stuff is really oh, kind of kickstarted awesome. a bunch of things and in, in that we're gearing up on and, and one of the projects we're working on is will be heavily involved in that. Uh, so it, it's it's neat working. You got some, of course, it's NASA, so you got some really smart people out there. It's just really interesting to talk to these guys and ask ask pointed questions and see what their answers are. Yeah. Right. Nice. That's awesome. So when the president, no matter which president it is, gets on in front of the cameras and says, we're going to Mars, do you guys go, is he out of his mind? What is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> is he kidding? We, we often have mixed feelings because <laughs> we want to do that stuff. Yeah. And, and the problem is we've seen this before, and it's not not really the president's fault per se, because other presidents said the same thing. Right, right. Said, we say, hey, we want to do this X, Y, and Z. We're like, yeah, hey, we're all for it. We, that's why we work here, because we want to do X, Y, and Z too. The problem is you've got, I don't know, 435 other people sitting in Congress that says, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. And how much is this going to cost? It's going to cost money. And yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got uh, children starving in Japan. I don't know if we want to give you all the money to uh, – to do all this stuff. And so there's, we talk about um, authorization versus appropriations. This is kind of getting technical, but the president will authorize something. He says, Hey, we want to go to Alpha Centauri and with warp drive. And then um, they say, okay, that's fine. But you've got the other part of the Congress who actually controls the money and they're the appropriations. They're saying, well, how much is it going to cost to go to Alpha Centauri five? And how much is warp drive going to cost? <laughs> and we don't want to give you that much money. Or, 
you say, well, we need $10 billion. They're going to say, well, you're going to get $4 billion and like it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're going to say, yeah, can you do it with $50 million? Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> I was thinking Congress hands them a slingshot. Here you, go. <laughs> you know that show like was it pawn stars where the guy says yeah i want this rare painting i want the uh, ten thousand dollars the guy's like well i'll give you 500 for it yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah it's kind of like how we feel sometimes so it's really you know, it's the way our government works and so in that and then we have um uh, another uh administration will come in so president x says we want to do these things because they're hard and uh it was in 10 years and then president y comes in and says well, President X was a poopy face. I don't want to do that stuff. We want to spend our money elsewhere. And so yeah. and so we're in the middle of designing, building, and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, oh. we get our knee, get kneecapped. Yeah. yeah. That's got to be frustrating. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I've seen it. You know, I've uh, we've, we've gone through cycles of building up and then layoffs and then, mm-hmm. um, you know, having to switch programs and changing badges. And it's so it's, you know, not all suns and roses, but we're here. Because we do like what we do, and it's very, very interesting work. Amazing, man. I could talk to you for hours about just this, what you do for a living. <laughs> I, I could, honestly. Then you got to uh, wake up your audience, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you back there, stop snoring. Yeah. <laughs> We're not I'm making built. plastic toys into RC cars here. Come on, wake up. Now, for now, back to RC. <laughs> now, what's really neat is we have a flying field that's right on a NASA property. No way. Yeah. So we have um, a night. It's a paved. It was an old, I think, a radar or a radio test range. And it's got this really long paved paved area that's basically a runway and mm-hmm. lots of field. So we have a huge area to fly. Nice. Is, is it a club that like anyone can be a member of or is it for only employees of NASA or – how does that work? Uh, well, actually, anybody can be a member. If you, it is a controlled access. Getting vetted and property. stuff, I'm sure. So yeah, you can't just drive in and say, "Oh, I want to fly a model airplane." The guard, security guard, is going to say, "Yeah, uh, no." But if you join the club, do we put your name on the list, and then we go, mm-hmm. you show up and show them your ID, and they say, "Okay, yeah, you're a model airplane guy. Go ahead yes. in." Uh, as long as you're a U.S. citizen, you have to be a U.S. citizen. Uh, uh, but the nice thing is, our our dues are really low, and we're all really friendly guys. No drama, no politics. We just we got to fly. We have power and facilities, basic facilities, but you know, covering outhouse, yeah. electric yeah. power for electric flyers, mm-hmm. um, bunch of run stations, lots of room. Once a year, we have a fun fly. It's it's kind of a um, a big process for us to invite people in that are not in club members. So we can only really do it once a year, practically speaking, for the most part, unless we want to go crazy. And uh, we have uh, we call it Warbirds over JSC. JSC being a Johnson Space Center. Mm-hmm. And we invite all the people in the local area to come in and fly warbirds. And that's usually really popular. We, we the, the local guys really support us. They fly really good. We have some gifts and stuff. And it's really nice to have a bunch of people come in and enjoy the site that normally don't come in. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it sounds really neat. <clears throat> if I'm talking too much, just tell me to. No, no, no. no, 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 no. So I'm curious. Uh, so the people that you work with, do they like fly also and do they make like their own like experimental, like maybe some of the engineers and stuff kind of just go and make their own experimental airplanes to fly? Uh, well, um, but there's a lot of people out there. So, you know, you're talking 10,000 people work out there. So I do have some people I work with that are into models. Um, that I have seen to answer that question. I have seen people come out there with some interesting stuff. <laughs> 
uh, experimental things. One guy came out with a, a space shuttle looking thing that was his own design and he was testing some aerodynamic concepts. Um, wow. We have one guy who works out there as a helicopter pilot and he was testing a rotary winged um, reentry capsule. That NASA had uh-huh. been playing around with, just a, a very, very, very conceptual thing. I don't know if they ever really build it or not, but they needed to get flight data, and so he, they ask him. He's a he works out there to fly this thing, and they so he can get uh, data on how uh, performance and uh, stability and that kind of stuff. And it was sort of a weird looking contraption. Uh, we've seen guys. I knew one guy. He had a really neat homemade. I think he used in part Ardu pilot. It was an adrenal control aircraft, mm-hmm. and, but he had built-in mapping on it, and you could download it into Google Maps and superimpose it and do all kinds of neat stuff with it. Nice. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, we, you know, we are engineers, so we have occasionally yeah. some guys that come out and do some weird stuff, mm-hmm. um, playing with telemetry and that kind of thing. I haven't seen him, but we had an astronaut that was part of the club at one point, too. Oh, really? Out and wow. fly. Yeah, yeah. And we've, we've had some astronauts come out and – visit and talk to them as well um i think we even had the center director come out once and talk to us at an event which is really neat uh-huh, cool that's great man we also share it with a rocket club ironically there's a the far end of the field once a month a bunch of the rocket guys that come out and launch rockets mm-hmm. and they often have competitions with students and where they'll put uh, devices on the rockets and they get telemetry they can see how high they went how fast and time of flight and all kinds of stuff and the uh, they had one recently. In fact, my one speaking of coworkers, actually one of my coworkers was was in the rocket club, and his kid just went to the nationals. He did it well enough to go up to D.C. area, I think it was, and participate in the nationals for rockets. So uh, wow. it's a pretty neat club. It's neat to see those guys launch every once in a while, especially the big stuff that makes your yeah. head turn with the sound. You hear, you hear, pssst, pssst, yeah, okay, rocket. All of a sudden, you hear, like, what the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. I was going to ask if they're the, like the large scale stuff or if they're like the off the shelf type stuff. Mostly off the shelf. They do moderate size, not too large because we're not too far from an airport. So they, I don't think they can get a uh, oh. FAA waiver to open up a, a box to do anything like sounding rockets. But they do some fairly large stuff. So wow. I forgot. What is it? Uh, the G size? FG? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. It's been yeah. a long time since I was in Cub Scouts doing rockets and stuff like that <laughs> yeah uh, that's I'm, one thing i never really got into too much like you i did it in boys uh no summer camp a few times and i built like one or two rockets but i never really uh, i i didn't like lighting dollar bills on fire yeah yeah i know <laughs> each was own, but it wasn't my thing <laughs> it's expensive yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I, I always assume i've heard you talk on your show your podcast about flying there and and the fun flying. I was always curious about the the members and stuff because model aviation tends to attract engineers and you know tinkers and I would assume some of the same type people that would be attracted to a job at NASA. So that's, yeah, that's we've interesting had, to hear. We've had some interesting club members throughout the years. Uh, we had unfortunately we had one guy who passed away fairly recently. I, mm-hmm. I did know him a bit. He used to fly with him. And it turns out he was one of the project managers for um, uh, like space shuttle development back in the 70s. Right. He, he was him and there was a few other guys 
that worked on uh, – in the early days of the space shuttle, they, they came up with the concept of putting the space shuttle on a 747 for ferrying and other designs. Some guys that worked on the Apollo capsules and had oh, patents wow. on it. Um, one guy is actually a pretty good friend of mine. He he flew the 747 model that they used to test the concept for the, the flyback um, wow. uh, space shuttle. So when they, wow. the space shuttle lands, they got to stick it on 747, right? Right. They fly yeah. back to – because if it lands somewhere other than uh, um, Edwards Air Force Base, they got to ferry it back from Florida or wherever. And they actually didn't think that would work. When a guy came up with the idea, the guy who came up was a model airplane guy. Uh-huh. And he says, hey, why don't we just stick this thing on a 747? And they're like, no, nah, that's not going to work. And he goes, oh, yeah? Yeah, watch this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold my slide rule and watch this. Uh, so how how big was that model? Like how was how big was the wingspan on the 747? It wasn't really that big. Um, oh, it's actually okay. here. I saw it. They put it in the, the visitor center. And uh, we're pushing maybe 70 inches. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. It had two. It was funny to see. It's got these. It's a 747 model, but it had two engines, just for prop, prop jobs in uh, the cells. And I think they were like K and B 40s at the most. Okay. Really old engines. And, uh, um, you can sometimes see video. I think it's on YouTube somewhere. You can see them where they're flying the thing. And, and the first couple of flights didn't go that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a guy I know, he actually at one point flew that model a little bit. Uh, and so that's how they tested as a proof of concept. That was out here. Those modelers that did it, they proved that it could work. That's really right. cool. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, check yeah. it out. Very, very interesting. And yeah, I think you were talking about some of the space shuttle models and stuff that your friend had in his estate on the last show that I just found fascinating. Yeah, so, yeah. He had a prototype booster that was just fantastic. Yeah. It was really neat. Yeah. Wow. Uh, like Kevin said, we could talk to you for hours about this. <laughs> Well, maybe maybe we'll do the Kevin Fitz and Andy uh, space talk podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah they're <laughs> kids. Space pants. Oh, I am wearing space pants. Oh goodness! So, uh, for your RC endeavors, do you have any sponsors? Uh, as far as like on our show, uh, or in general, like a. Um, Flying equipment or anything, or it could be either. Uh, well, yeah. let's see. Well, for our podcast, the RC Roundtable podcast, we don't uh, not really had any sponsors yet. We did have one episode that we was sponsored in part by um, uh, also USA. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice! Uh, but it was really nice. Yeah, we got to know Joe Vermillion. Uh, he was a real nice guy, and he helped sponsor a competition. Uh, uh, but so far, not really. Um, I, I do mention I, I have a personal sponsor, and that is YouTube. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have nice. I, I have a YouTube channel called Hobby View. Okay, and um, and I where I yeah I make my own videos. I do reviews and uh, whatever whatever I can think of, build videos, uh, plastic model stuff. I kind of kind of run the gambit. Awesome. Nice. So to check, check that out. out. Yeah. yeah, check it out. See if you like. Uh, if you don't want to claw your eyes out, uh, but I've had a lot of fun. I've been doing it for several years, and in fact, I got a got a video now. I got to finish editing. Uh, nobody told me how long it takes to edit these videos. Man, <laughs> you guys know yeah. a secret how to speed that up? Let me know. Yeah, I did. I did video production for a long time, and yeah, this video can be really bad. Okay, so that's normal. Yeah, yeah. doing something wrong. <laughs> 
<laughs> I recently changed programs, and so it's a new learning curve. It's it's also normal that uh, nobody understands how long it takes either. That's <laughs> uh-huh. very normal. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, we really we've had our internal discussions about sponsors and stuff. So it may change in the future, but uh, we really started the podcast just as sort of something fun to do, and and we we'll see how it goes from there. Um, uh, I've had one or two reviews um, from uh, from personally. Um, that I've, I guess you could say was sponsored or they sent me something to review. Um, also I do, uh, occasionally write for model aviation magazine. Right. Right. So I guess that's you know, technically, I guess I get sent something to review. That's a sponsor, I guess, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I'm sort of kind of sort of, you got to put a lot of work into it. To, to. Yes. You write it though. Yeah. Yeah, reviews are more work than you would think because you've got to put it together, photograph it, fly it, and write about all that stuff and make it not boring and make it interesting and make it coherent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's – but it's anything. It's, it's kind of fun. Cool. Nice. Nice, yeah. You got like uh, over 5,000 subscribers. That's cool. Yeah, I just hit 5,000 last week or so. I was real happy about that and I'm – Granted, I'm not like you know PewDiePie with five billion, but it's still mm-hmm. that, 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 <laughs> but it's still nice that that many people have decided to subscribe to my channel, and I get a lot of nice feedback from from the users, so that's that's really nice. And um, uh, continue on. I've got like I said, I got a couple of things in the works that I'm working on, um, so I, I got to kind of get to it. Sometimes I like to take a little bit of a break, and so I might go three or four weeks and not do anything and then I'll spit something out and then yeah, go work on something else. That's understandable. Nice. So do you, uh, sim at all? Like flight sims? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, RC sims. Yeah. Oh, RC. Okay. Cause I used to fly, uh, flight sims a lot for the computer, like, you know, P51s and whatnot. But, um, I do some sim on occasion. I have real flight seven, seven and a half, I think. Right. Um, and I do pull it out occasionally. I, I'm often very kind of busy, so sometimes I just either forget or just don't get around to it. But uh, I do like to pull it out every once in a while to try something new or to, to get the cobwebs off. Um, yeah. Uh, especially if um, you know, like, like hey, I'm going to go out and fly a helicopter for a while. Let me throw in the sim to, to work out some of the cobwebs. Right. Yeah. Because uh, I fly planes fairly often, so I don't really normally need to do. If I want to experiment, I just use a real plane. Uh, right. I fly the helicopters less frequently. Sometimes I'll go in and I'll try something new or fill around with something. Although awesome. the other day, I did use the sim to practice blenders. Okay. Uh, never, no, no, sorry, just for airplanes. Um, oh, blenders. Yeah, it's sort of an outside snap as you go vertical down. Uh, okay. It, it, can, it can get pretty aggressive. Certain planes, it really gets real aggressive. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to practice it a little bit at first before really trying them. Uh, so, but yeah, uh, I've, uh, <laughs> all right. You just reminded me of something. <laughs> back to the Ram show. When I, when I first went to that Ram show back uh, in the late 80s, that was the first time I saw an RC sim. Have you guys ever seen some of the old sims? Yeah, like, I've seen like videos and pictures and uh, stuff. Yeah, count yourself lucky. These things, this was like, <laughs> It was not even IPC. It was like they had a Commodore 64 one and I think an Apple. Wow. Like Jeez. Apple II or something. Mm-hmm. And these yeah. things were slideshows. <laughs> Wireframe graphics. 
and you could count the frames and, and it was yeah. they were they were barely sims extremely wow. primitive I, I remember they had a, a heli sim that was basically just two circles like the, <laughs> like the main rotor and the tail rotor maybe oh, a yeah. line like a, a mm-hmm. outline of a of the like frame the or something sims. and that was it yeah exactly yeah and what was your input controller like was it the keyboard no, no, you still had a joystick. You still had like a transmitter. It was a real simple, a, oh, okay, boxy thing. It looked like one of those old Ace controllers or something. Okay. Uh, so it was just like a regular RC controller, but it it just uh, the computer, the processing power of those old computers just weren't really good. No, uh, so there was no scenery, and it was very, very primitive. I forgot who made those. Was it Ace? I think made it. Um, so the stuff we have now is just just beautiful to look at. And, uh, I haven't had a chance to try the new. Is it the Real Flight Eight? Uh, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So, uh, so it's some neat stuff, and it's nice to try some of the other planes. You get to see uh, uh, how different planes fly, and the physics have gotten a lot better. At first, some of the older Sims weren't. The physics were a little wonky. Yeah. And I remember seeking getting a back in the early two thousands, getting a, a particular Sim. I can't remember what it was called. Uh, specifically, because the physics in it was very good for helicopters. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I wish I could remember the name of it. It wasn't the real flight. It was something else. The company Phoenix. No, it wasn't Phoenix either. Um, oh, I wish I could remember what it was. What was it, Phoenix? No, I don't think it was Phoenix. What year? What? Like how long ago? We're talking like two thousand four ish. It was kind of wireframes, but it was fairly decent for the time. But I've seen Sims, you know, going off on Sims for people learning how to fly. I've seen Sims do wonderful things for people. I, I remember at the flying field, I see this guy came out with a, he had a helicopter and I'd never seen him before. And he was flying his helicopter. He was doing a pretty good job. It wasn't anything fancy, but he's flying around. He could hover it. He could fly around in slow circuits. I don't think he did no Zen, but he was pretty competent. I was like, who are you and how long have you been flying? He goes, oh, this is like one of my first few flights. I just started. Like, how did you get so good? He's like, oh, a simulator. Yeah. yeah. Practicing on a simulator. I'm like, wow, that's that was the first time I realized that simulators really had come into mm-hmm. fruition to where they were really useful. Right. Yeah, I was going to say you might not see it too much on the airplane side. I mean, it, it'll help you, but mm-hmm. we see it a lot on the helicopter side where yeah, kids will sit there for an entire year or whatever. And a year yeah, and maybe half, sim yeah, and- four hours a day or something just – like a video game yeah. and yeah and then they like, get out in the real world and it's amazing oh yeah yeah and i think kids do it also on the plane side it's just with the 3d stuff that's you know? true yeah yeah yep yeah and i, I guess they could take the takes the frustration i learned to fly helicopters i think well it's the cost and the crashing right like the yeah. repair and maintenance and stuff for sure so so fitz you mentioned flight simulator the actual do you do flight simulators as well uh, I dabble used, in that a little bit. I used to do it a lot. I haven't really done it as much lately. Of course, there's not as much choices lately. Um, uh, yeah. I used to. I mean, I, I did it ever since my, um, since the old eight bit days. Um, what was the latest one? I have something called. What was it called? I got into the DCS uh, lineup of stuff. I've heard about that. I have not tried that. It's uh it's pretty interesting. It's a free program. You have to purchase the planes. The planes mm. are kind of expensive, but they give you a couple to start out with and it's every switch and knob that was in a P51 and the whole startup procedure is is all there and you have to have it down pat to get the plane even start up right. So they have propeller driven. I thought it was mainly jets for TCS. 
there's a few propeller driven uh the p51 is part of the free package if you wanted to try it out oh it's it's okay. good to have some kind of hotas or you know some kind of joystick throttle type i do setup. have a i have a hotas and pedals oh jeez. Um, there you go. I used to, <laughs> I, I used to play. Um, there's a World War One one I have that's actually still going on. I don't think it was Flanders Fields. What's the other one? I think it came out of. Um, oh, can't remember what it's called. I played uh, a few, but it was probably before I had the hardware. Yeah, I used to play. Um, oh man, it's been so long since I played some of these. I know I had the guys who did Stormvic. I had the Stormvic game. I two okay. Stormvic. And they had a Pacific War version. That was real fun. I tried had the Stormvic one. I had a Battle of Britain one that was also very fun for a while. Nice. Um, uh, I, I Maybe this sounds controversial, but I prefer the propeller-driven sims, combat sims. I never really got into the jet ones all that much. I didn't uh, – I, I like the, the challenge of dogfighting, close quarters, shooting versus yeah. the, oh, look, there's an enemy 20 miles away. Let me pop off a few missiles. Okay. That's what yeah. I was going to say. It's actually something to do. You chase around, shoot a gun instead of yeah. target <laughs> something that you can't see and fire a missile at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yes, but also maybe uh, you might find this interesting is I used to work for Lockheed uh, on the F-16 program. Really? And yeah, that was my first wow. job out of school, and I used to did my job was to work in the flight test, uh, the flight test. I did flight test support for the fire control radar of F sixteen. So I actually got to sit not an actual plane, but a simulator of the plane. But it was a fully functional simulator with a working radar, so wow. I could sit in this thing and target uh, the local airplanes flying around from the uh, the DFW airport, and. Uh, and target them and play around with the radar systems, make sure it was working the way it's supposed to work. There's no weapons, of course. I couldn't shoot anything down, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> you can pretend. I can wow. pretend. So, but it was a full up F-16 cockpit. It had the sticks. It had all the, the buttons and switches and things like that. Oh, nice. That's Many awesome. of which were. So yeah, that was a uh, that was that was a real fun thing. I, I was bittersweet when I when I left that that job. Uh, mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, and uh, I spent a lot of time out at Edwards Air Force Base. And if you like airplanes, that place is Nirvana. Mm-hmm. That was one of the most awesome places to be if you like airplanes. Nice. Man, you've had quite the career. Mm-hmm. Just amazing. He's done all the cool stuff. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I guess kind of lucky. I guess just I just wandered through life. You know, as a kid, I never thought I'd be doing the things I did. You know, I didn't know what the hell I was going to be doing as a kid. I just knew what I liked and just kind of wandered through life and. Um, was been been fortunate in some of the, my career choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has its ups and downs, but for generally speaking, it, I've been fortunate to do some interesting things, meet some interesting people, and especially in this hobby, I've met some really neat people in this hobby. And it's uh, oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah, it's been very fortunate. Awesome. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, let's let's find out what you have in your fleet. I'm sure it's pretty impressive. You've been in it for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, my <laughs> name is Fitzwalker, and I'm an airplaneaholic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, friends of mine makes fun of my airplane collection in the, in the garage and stuff. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm the kind of guys that will go to a swap meet, and, I, and I, I'll see deals that I can't refuse, and so I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> so I have. Uh, uh, I've actually been trying to clean out some of my planes lately, some stuff I don't fly, just to make some more room so I can build some stuff in boxes so I can use up that room. Uh, I like the fl- I like a variety of stuff. 
primarily I go more, I lean towards scale type things mostly, but not always. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, I have a, uh, a, with the new chaos 60 ARV and that's just, it's not scale anything, but it's such a fantastic flying plane that I don't know, mm-hmm. probably never get rid of it. It's a really fun, uh, but I, I, I don't discriminate. I fly foamies. I fly EDFs, uh, mostly electric, but I do have some, uh, glow and gas. In fact, this past weekend I was flying my, uh, Valiant 10 CC. It has a gas engine on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hadn't floated in a while. And so I said, eh, let me get it out and get the cobwebs out of it mm-hmm. uh and uh i fly i like my very heavily into electrics i've been doing electrics since really i, I started flying rc really early days of really primitive stuff and it's been a, a real interesting journey to see how electrics have evolved over the past 20 or so years yeah. uh and so now you know i fly everything from umx to 80 inch um giant scale electrics awesome. I, I like I like to do conversions. Um, I built from scratch, foamies, uh, whatever lights my fancy. I've got all kinds of goofy stuff that I've worked on, built, and hanging up in my garage that I'll take out on occasion. Nice. nice. So, so yeah, and, and helicopters. You mentioned helicopters, and I, I've mm-hmm. I've got about half a dozen different helicopters I'll play around with. You know, also done helicopters for long. I kind of came and went with them for a little while and I started getting mm-hmm. back. Um, I did the helicopters, the early days of electric helicopters. Oh, uh, I had my first real good electric helicopter was the Echo 8. Remember that? Uh, no, I you, don't remember that. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that was the good old, bad old, good old days with Echo 8. Um, <laughs> I still have it, as a matter of fact. I don't fly it anymore, but just for nostalgia. Uh, that one... Uh, I, that was really the first electric helicopter that flew pretty well. Um, it would fly on a brush motor and eight to 10 cell battery, actually probably on six cells. Uh, it was designed for NICAD. It was really lightweight. It was almost too lightweight. It was a little bit fragile in some areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it, when the brushes motor started coming out and, and, uh, it really came alive and when it put lithium in it and that's, uh, that's when really was really Nice flying with a few upgrades. It did really well for what it was. It did really, really well. Um, and, and ultimately I ended up selling them. I had a small home business at the time where I uh, would sell Echo 8, Echo 8 parts. I even had some of my own parts that I machined up, had somebody machine for me. Nice. Um, and well, yeah. So what size would, would that be? Blade size or it looks like it's a 450 size, 500. It's slightly larger than a 450. I think the blades were. What were the blades? Oh man, just curious. I don't remember what the size of the blades and those things were. Um, I think it's funny looking. Yeah, look it up. Yeah, it's pretty. It actually had some scale fuselage you can put on it. Mm -hmm. They had a stretch version called Echo 16. Um. It, it was German, so you know German engineering. Yeah. Uh, it all had, it had like airplane linkages, like you know the yeah those linkages, and it would be like a bell type. You could I build do. it as either uh, uh, CCPM or a regular mixer. It had a mechanical mixer you could put in there, which I, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody ever did. Um, ah, trying. I'm thinking the blades are like 600 millimeters. Um, 
but I might yeah. be wrong. I have to double check. I can't. It's been so long. I haven't even looked at the thing in a long time. And the crazy thing is, that it looks like it has like a 540 size car motor, like yeah, a brush motor. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Exactly what it was. Nice. Wow. Yeah, yeah. 540 car motor. But they did a good job. This was the early days, so we didn't even have lithium batteries, electric helicopters. If they got out of their own way, you were doing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one was actually 3D capable. You could actually do pretty much anything you want. Did have a driven tail, but uh, for at the time it was actually pretty impressive. I, I learned to fly basic airbags with that. I could uh, I could do th- do mild 3D with it, hover inverted. Fly. Everybody saw it. Couldn't believe how well it flew. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then I eventually went up to a couple of different things. You know, this is before the T Rexes, so the. A lot of the companies were really feeling their olds with electric design. So JR had a helicopter that I had for a while uh, called the Voyager. It was interesting, but it wasn't. It had issues, um, especially with the you had to use a really hot wind motor in the thing. It didn't have very long runtime, and, uh, and it was expensive. You can only get it with a motor, and a lot of people just said the motor was junk. But you can only buy with a motor and speed controller, which made the cost really expensive. Um, and there was a few smattering other things. So it really changed was when Mikado and Minicopter. Those mm-hmm. were the two first really, really good hard 3 d helicopters. Um, they kind of came out around the same time. Uh, Mikado, Mikado may have been a little bit first. And so I had the, a logo, a couple of different logos. Mm-hmm. And I had a Joker. Have you ever heard of that one? I've mm-hmm. never heard of that one. You ever heard of a Joker? Wow. that's yeah. uh, Joker was a 60-size electric helicopter. I ran that puppy off of 32 cells, NICAT cells. Wow. Wow. Yes, it had a monster motor. Um, it was a f- beautifully machined machine, uh, helicopter. It's German. Um, so it was sort of, it was expensive, but it was my favorite helicopter. It was big. It was badass. It was impressive, and it flew like a dream. Uh, I think Minicopter's still in business. I don't know what they're doing. I haven't really yeah, seen much. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're fairly popular now. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, it was really nice. It was because um, people hadn't seen an electric helicopter that big, and it was really, really nice. And the, the logos were also very nice. They were smaller and much more affordable. Mm-hmm. And those two was really made because when they came out, uh, brushless motors and Nike and lithiums were just making their appearance. Uh, brushless motors first, because uh, both machines were designed to run off of NICAD or nickel metal hydrides, and they did very well with that. But once the lithiums came out, is when they really that you were almost unlimited what you could do with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so, and then, uh, and after that, I used to be real heavy into helis and I kind of backed off, but I still like to dabble. I, I really wanted to get it to scale helis, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a, a couple of fuselages. I've got a T-Rex 600, uh, and I have an Airwolf fuselage for it. So nice. trying to find nice. a time to stick it in there. Uh, my only issue is it's fly barred. So I want to, put a fly barless head on it and it's kind of i just haven't gotten around to it mm-hmm. right um so when people ask me kind of planes i fly just like eh, everything yeah <laughs> right all of them <laughs> all of them yeah. yes <laughs> i want to taste it all <laughs> did i mention i was in this for 30 years <laughs> yeah yeah you'd be surprised you know after a while you collect this stuff you know oh, it's not yeah. that i spend a lot of money on it. it's just uh you know go to swap being some guy selling hey you want to buy this kit for you know a fraction of its cost or this plane yeah. for pennies on a dollar like mm-hmm. hey like, i always wanted one of those yeah sure yeah yeah 
And so my wife says my uh, my workshop looks like a hobby store. Yeah, I can relate. <laughs> I think Steve can too. Yeah, mine's more of a dirty hobby shop now. It also has to be dirty. Everything's just everywhere. If it's clean, um, you're not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. All right. Uh, so what kind of support equipment do you use? Like what's your radio of choice, you know? You know, the radio is an interesting topic because that's something I've been thinking about lately. My main radio of choice at the moment is a high-tech Aurora. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had that. That was my first 2.4. Well, actually, yeah, my first 2.4 was a high-tech Aurora. I upgraded to the 9X a, few, a couple of years ago or so. And I like the radio for the most part. I have some caveats. It's really easy to program. I barely have to look at the manual to do anything I want. And I've occasionally done some really funky mixing mm-hmm. uh, with it. And it's great. It's got a touch screen. Uh, the, the link is really good. I've never really had any issues with uh, hits or anything like that. And our club is known for some some goofy radar, um, goofy areas for radio hits. Right. Uh, my, my only thing is it's limited to 30 model memory and there's oh, no wow. SD card. Yeah, and oh. I've, 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 I have more models in memory, a lot more models in the memory. Oh, so yeah. you have to have, you need four of those. Four that's, yeah. That's crazy. Huh? Uh, yeah, and it, it has a PC interface and it worked okay with the 9, but the 9X, I've had a lot of problems with it. It's, I haven't had it working very well. I'm trying to sort out what's going on. Um, as of yesterday, I, I figured something might be issue with the programmer, but it still, even when it did work, it wasn't, wasn't all that user friendly and is kind of goofy and high tech scenes have sort of stalled in any mm-hmm. radio development. Um, yeah. which is unfortunate because they're nice radios. Uh, so as backups, the second most radio, most use radio I have is uh, I have a JR11X that's DSM-X compatible. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have that for mainly flying the helicopters and for the bind and fly stuff. Yep. Right. Uh, but again, it has no SD card. And there's no PC interface. So it's limited to about 20 models, I think. Mm-hmm. On it. It's a nice radio. Uh, programming is not quite as easy on it and it's got a um, one thing that bugs me is I can apparently you can't program the timer to the uh, throttle stick. Oh, uh, it's a really weird. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I looked it up and said no, you can't. You got to put it on a separate switch. So I got to. So I usually put it on my retract switch. Yeah. On mm. my model. But I thought that was really weird and annoying. But other than that, it's a very nice radio and it works really well and it's good for bite and fly. Uh, third radio I have is a Futaba. I think it's a six. Um, 6J mm-hmm. and that one again nice radio but limited I think only like a dozen model memories uh, I got that one for a review mainly why I have it but it's uh, still it's a Futaba and it works well uh, it's unfortunate that Futaba has gone through some issues the past year or so mm-hmm. uh, um, so I've been thinking lately of you know what are my options if I want something that's it uh, looks like basically you're probably just limited to uh, Spectrum if you want something with a Spectrum or maybe one of the uh, open source radios like uh, FreeSky or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Futaba's in pretty good shape now, though. They got the yeah. whole Futaba USA thing down in Alabama. Yeah. I, had, I heard they had some teething problems. Are they up and running? Yeah, oh, yeah. they're, they're up and running. Yeah. Shipping, parts, service, the whole works. Oh, yeah. okay. That's good. Yeah, I service, might, support, all that. I haven't really had a chance. This is something just 
the past week or so, I've been thinking, you know, maybe I should upgrade to a new radio, something with an SD card, so I can have one radio pretty much for most of all my airplanes instead of having to go yeah. bounce back and forth. Um, yeah. Especially yeah, lot, up some of them. A lot of the newer radios will hold like 250 or yeah. something yeah, yeah, without idea. the SD card. I mean, in addition. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That might be enough. Yeah. Yeah. For the next three or four years, anyway. (laughs) That'll do me for now. Well, that's enough for planes, right? So you have one radio for planes, one for (laughs) helis. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. um, Cool. So So kind of talking about more of your supporting equipment, right? Like, uh, you know, chargers and stuff. What do you prefer? Uh, I have right now, I have an iCharger, the. What is it? 840? Or 480? 4008? I think it's 408. Yeah. Yeah. This is the one. Mm-hmm. It's a dual output, uh, 40 amp, 8 cell. Oh, it's the 406. Oh, no, 408. I don't think there was an 8. There's a 4010. Oh, there's a 30. Sorry, you're right. It's a 4010. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know yeah. it wasn't a 6 because I didn't go that low. Yeah, uh, yeah. 4010. That's a good charger. I got yeah. it because I actually had something with 10 cells. I know the Joker had 10 cells, um, some other stuff. So, like I said, I fly big electrics. I wanted something really mm-hmm. powerful. So, yeah. what I did is I got the iCharger 4010, and then I went on eBay and picked up a couple of the um, uh, server power supplies mm-hmm. uh, from oh, – forgot the name. Uh, real popular name. Um, for dirt cheap. It's amazing how cheap these things are. Yeah. Uh, and these yeah, are HP or Dell power supplies. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think they were either HP. I think they were mm-hmm. HPs. Yeah. Uh, so I think I paid twenty, thirty bucks for two of them, like mm-hmm. shipped at the time. Uh, yeah. These are forty. Mine are forty-seven amp, twelve volt power supplies, and uh, I wired them in series, so I got twenty-four mm-hmm. volts at forty amps. Mm-hmm. And so I have a uh, an eighty-inch zero that uses two six-cell batteries that are 8,000 milliamps each. Nice. Wow. And I can charge those things, both of them at 20 amps at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so I can have those things charge up 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. These are huge packs. Yeah. yeah that's big. So it's a great little charger. I've really been really happy with it. And I haven't had seen the urge, had to have an urge to get anything else. I have a couple of smaller chargers for light duty work at on the workbench, or mm-hmm. I have one that just lives in the car for like I got a three cell twenty two hundred, an old um, oh I can't remember what it was called, Radical RC sold them, uh, just a little charger, um, as like a backup just in case. Yeah, uh, it stay it lives in the car. Um, so it's like a back if I go flying, if I just need to do a small battery or if I'm, if the big charger is occupied, then I know I can put the little, something on a little charger and charge it. It charges yeah. through the balance port, which is actually kind of convenient. Not very fast, but it just right. plugs up into it, set it mm-hmm. and charge it a couple amps for little small packs. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else for supporting equipment. Uh, when you've got charger, transmitter, plane. You have a battery. Uh- brand you enjoy or you like you know i i experiment with different ones uh the gen zace are actually pretty good i like those yeah I, i've played around with different hobby king brands i have the usually the nanotex mm-hmm. uh of various flavors some mm-hmm. do better than others i understand they change the formula and it's not quite as good as some of the older nanotex um but they seem to do okay i've played with their net uh the uh, carbon uh nanotex 
Graf- not Nettletex. Oh, what do you yeah, call yeah. those things? The um, graphene. Graphene. Yeah, that's it. They had the graphene batteries, mm-hmm. and those um, seem to do really well. Except you gotta know when you're the land because they they drop off power really quick. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, I've heard that about those. They're they great. I haven't had any puff on me. They got really low internal resistance. A little bit bigger than the equivalent Nike. Oh, a little heavy, but for the most part, it's not a big deal. Uh, but they have a real sharp drop-off curve. I've used them in a couple of EDFs, and uh, I was really happy with them. But you, you got to know when your timer goes off, you know, land. Get <laughs> yeah. on the ground. Yeah, no, I won't work past. No, no, you're going to end up in the grass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> awesome. Really anything else. Support equipment. Thumbs. Thumbs. <laughs> Thumbs, yeah. Eyeballs. Eyeballs, yeah. yeah. Mark one eyeball. Uh, all right, so kind of, let's kind of go into the RC roundtable stuff. Um, it's it's quite interesting because I think I think you guys started your podcast around the same time we started ours, but I had no idea. Like you know, we we I I found your podcast maybe about six months ago. So what what got you, Terry and Lee, wanting to start a podcast? Like, what was the the drive for that? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um. We started about three years ago. I think we just had a third year anniversary, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, Lee, Terry, and I, we all lived here in Houston at one point. Um, Terry and I, Terry used to work for NASA too, and so we would fly together all the time. Oh. Lee's on the other side of the town, but we'd, we'd see him quite a lot. We were friends with him as well at fly-ins mm-hmm. and whatnot. Lee gets around. He's a... Um, uh, he does professional photography work, so he's real, real well known um, in the modeling community in this area for his pictures. He really takes really good pictures and, uh, of models and stuff. Nice. Uh, and so we were all friends before we started the podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Terry had moved away. He had, um, for work reasons and family reasons, he moved at first to some far part of Texas, uh, Lubbock, if correctly, and. Uh, what happened is we went, Lee and I went to a swap meet up uh, right outside of Dallas, um, the Weatherford swap meet, I think it was a matter of fact. And we actually spent a couple of days up there. We went up, sell stuff, and we met Terry up there as well. And so we had a good time. And we said, you know, this is really nice that we were able to get back together after a year or two of being apart. You know, Terry had gone away. Mm-hmm. And uh, on a drive back, Lee says, hey, you know um, – you want to listen to a podcast? And I'm like, a pod what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, RC podcast. Like, I, I, surprising as it seems, I was a complete newbie to, to podcasts. So at least mm-hmm. RC podcasts. I think I had listened to one or two, like, rebroadcast radio shows as podcasts, but they were nothing, not a, nothing that was strictly a podcast. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. here, let me pull one up. So, so Lee pulls one up as we're driving back because it was a good six, seven hour drive. Maybe mm-hmm. no, about four or five hours drive back. So we, we had a lot of time. We didn't have anything to do. And so, Hey, so he pulls one up and we started listening to it. I don't remember which one it was. It wasn't you guys. It was somebody else. Um, um, I don't think it started yet anyways. And we were listening to it and we started discussing some things we liked about the show and some things we didn't like about the show. And it kind of morphed into saying, you know, Hey, what if we did our own, what would we do? Mm-hmm. And, and we started talking about it. We just sort of had a torrent of ideas. We started writing them down. And we said, hey, you know what? If we did one, we could keep in touch with our friend Terry as well since he's pretty far away. We don't really see him anymore. And we could do it remotely and we could talk about the things we want to talk about. And we can mm-hmm. 
we could have the show that's organized, that's uh, produced the way we want. We we had certain criteria and requirements that we wanted our show to do. Um, so we wanted to sort of stand out from the crowd. We wanted to have kind of a, a fun show, but more of a, a chat between friends and and not do things that we thought other shows were doing that we didn't like. Now, each show has its own personality. You guys have your own personality. And I'm not, we're not saying right. – other shows are bad, not by any means. It's just that right. we all have our own likes and personalities. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we decided, you know, maybe we'll look into this. And what, what does it take to, to make a podcast? And it was a little bit more complicated than we thought, but it wasn't difficult. And there was a lot of, there's some teething issues. If you listen to some of our first broadcasts, it was like, you know, you know the first days of radio. <laughs> That's not yeah. quality. Well, that we can say the same for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> had to play ragtime music in the background or something just to <laughs> <laughs> um, and we made some mistakes and we learned some things about auto recording and having better audio and how to how how RSS fees work and get setting up websites and Facebook and this and that and um, and you know we wondered if anybody's going to listen to this how do we get people to know about it uh, is it really worth it what are we going to do um, I mean, we knew we weren't going to really make any money off of it but we thought it just might be fun um and that was three years ago. We still, we're still at it. I think, you know, in the beginning, I think Terry threatened to quit and go diva at one point, but. <laughs> <laughs> you guys nice. are going solo. <laughs> but no, we've, we've all done, we've had a good time. You know, this is basically, a, a, you know, three friends that got together to do this, to talk about things we love. We all love RC models intensely. We've all started as kids and we, we like to talk about things. We've had a good time. We met some interesting people. We like to get mm-hmm. guests on and talk to them. Yeah. Uh, you know, friends, people we've only met online, uh, people in industry. And, and that's been the real neat things about the, the, the people we've met, um, both guests and um, just like you guys, you imagine the guests you have, the people listen to the show, your fans, you get yeah. to talk to them, learn some interesting things, meet some new people. It's just a, been a really great experience. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, it's a very humbling experience. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you listen to us? Why? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We still don't know why. 170 <laughs> plus episodes, we're still not understanding why people listen to us at all. But I think they listen to Kevin. They, you know, no, they, they listen to Mike, the planker. Cast. They, yeah, well, Mike now, but I think they listen to you and they they just deal with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was the other way around. <laughs> uh, so, what's one of the most interesting changes to your hobby once you started doing a podcast? Because I've noticed things changing a little bit for us too. So, curious on your take since you know been doing it for three years. Oh, since we've done the podcast, huh? Well, the biggest thing was when Hobbyco went out of business and was bought out by Horizon. Mm-hmm. That was really a major shakeup. Here is a company. Um, we actually had a chance to visit Hobbyco nice. um, a few years ago. It was really, really – we, we were up at um, – um, they had a big indoor fly-in up in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, was it Winterfest? Something fest? E-Fest. I think it was called E-Fest. E-Fest. Okay. Yeah. And um, Terry knew somebody that knew somebody or something like that. And so while we were there, since uh, both Hobbyco and uh, Hobbyco, basically Great Plains Tower mm-hmm. Hobbies, uh, mm-hmm. was was no close by. In fact, they sponsored the event. They were close by. And oh, yeah, Terry did had done 
I think reviews and stuff for them. So we knew some people and I actually knew somebody, it turns out also that worked there. Um, and so they were, we were able to get sort of a, a you know, 50 cent tour of the place and it was really neat, very fascinating. Um, and you know, this was a couple of years before they, they eventually were sold. And so we had a connection and this is tower hobbies. We grew up as a kid. Yeah, me too. Seeing yeah. their advertisements in the magazines, getting the mm-hmm. catalogs. Yeah. Um, they, they were really nice. Lee says, do you have a, a 1987 catalog? And they walk over to the giant file cabinet. And they open it up. It goes, yeah, here we go. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. So he, got a, he got a catalog from when he was a kid. He was, he was, a, he was, he had a smile on his face all day after that. Oh, I bet, um, yeah. And so to see them sort of kind of go out, you know, Tower, of course, has been absolved into, um, Horizon, but Hobbyco's no more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was one of you know, it's like having the Ford Motor Company go out of business kind of thing. It was really yeah. gut wrenching, and I think that's really one of the biggest things to change in the hobby um, since we started a podcast was to see them. Since we had a personal connection to them, in a sense, um, yeah. when they went away, that was that was really tough to see. Um, as far as, you know, we've only been in three years, so I think most of the stuff that we have now is already there in three years, 2.4, brushless motors. Um, mm-hmm. I guess another big change is the open source radio systems. Um, yeah. I found out the other day that, uh, what is it, Tenaris? FreeSky, I'm sorry. FreeSky company. Yeah, FreeSky, Tyrannus, yeah. Apparently, they're the number two radio company in the world. Yeah, I could believe it. All the quad folks. You know, FPV guys, that's all they run. Yeah, that's just amazing. You know, that they, they can go toe-to-toe with the big-name companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now, granted, we lost um, uh, Airtronics. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but uh, still, it's just amazing uh, that, you know, this, this little company that could. I think that's another major change is this whole um, new radio company slash open-source radio system. Where you can go in and change the code yourself if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Quads were, were you know a big thing, though. Though it seems to have died down a little bit. Yeah, quadcopters. Uh, we yeah. didn't see much at the shows. It seems people think it's it's sort of. I don't know if we can call it a fad, but it seems to have sort of. It's run its peak, I think. You know, it's now plateaued yeah. to the, the hardcore fans, the hardcore yeah. folks that fly it. You know, I think a lot of people have tried it and said okay. And yeah. went back to whatever they were doing before. They tried yeah. it. Yeah. And they tried it and some liked it and some was like, yeah, we'll go back to other stuff. Um, yep. and, and things, beyond, things went cycles, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And beyond that, I think also like folks got into the hobby doing the quad stuff and then they got into like the FPV wings mm-hmm. and kind of opened up their eyes to airplanes and other, you know, aircrafts out there. So yeah, that's good. That's good mm-hmm. to expand. Yeah. Um, maybe one other thing is that is, the prevalence of electric ducted fans. Oh, yeah. I think that has exploded. Um, yeah, they're very popular now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went to a, a, another club, and the majority of the guys, things the guys were flying were electric ducted fans. I was like, wow. wow. <laughs> That's uh, cool. Now, granted, the quality of these things have, have improved greatly, and then the choice, and that's some really fantastic models. You know, yeah. I have a few myself, and I really like them as well, but it just seems like they've really exploded in popularity. Mm-hmm. Past past three years, yeah, we'll have a uh, a ducted fan day at our club where everybody brings their jets out and ah, nice. It's uh, it's a lot of fun, like a theme day, you know. 
you don't yeah, yeah. necessarily yeah. have to do that, but everybody usually comes out with at least one jet. And yeah, yeah. The, the models are the difference in the models are, are uh, getting more and more. I mean, this past two year, two years, I guess I've just like even our club, Kevin, just more and more EDFs out there. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we have, you know, every podcast, every, everyone, anyone trying something new will have some growing pains and some difficulties. But what difficulties have you guys found by doing a podcast? Like, you know, some pain points. Well, I guess one of our most things that give us most angst, I guess, is um, how well we're doing with the audience. Either at first getting an audience and it's always mm-hmm. a constant struggle getting and maintaining an audience and also getting feedback for a yeah. long time we hardly got any feedback mm-hmm. we're like do people like us do they not like us who's watching we look at some of the metrics on the on the website mm-hmm. in, in the back in the back end you know the um informatics that kind of stuff and you know, yeah. and, you know people were downloading it's kind of, it's a little bit to digest you know hits versus visits versus you know different mm-hmm. things that the, that shows up um downloads and the bandwidth and stuff and so uh, i guess the, the, one of the difficult part was getting a hold getting our heads wrapped around you know what does all this stuff mean how well are we doing um you know one of the things i heard is if you know if you're not getting hate mail you're actually doing pretty good uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I thought we were doing good because we got hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> Probably that too. If you're getting hate mail, you know people are listening, right? Yeah, yeah. We're making an impact. <laughs> you know, we're, we're having an impact out there. Yeah. So, no, was it no all pub- publicity is good publicity or whatever? Yeah. Um, Even bad publicity is good publicity. So. so, yeah, I guess understanding where we are in the podcast world is probably one of our more difficult things to try to get a really get a good grasp on. Yeah, definitely. It, it's hard to say we had a lot of we had some normal teething problems in the beginning, but generally speaking, it's gone pretty smoothly. Um, we 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 all break up our duties. You know, I, I do most of the editing. Um, Terry will do a lot of stuff with the website. Lee will do some of the post processing and putting together montages for for visuals and stuff. So we right. we break break it up. And each has our our own duty, and yeah. so it. Uh, and sometimes we can sw- swap out a little bit, but for the most part, we, we, we know what we need to do. We, we, we come down to a well-oiled machine for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just kind of just have fun with it. Um, it really has been a, a really fun and uh, interesting adventure so far. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of my next question. What roles do you guys have? Um, <laughs> I read your mind. Yeah, that's no, perfect. <laughs> um, do you, you guys do something similar, I guess? Yeah, Kevin does all the work. Andy and I just sit <laughs> uh, there looking pretty. No. <laughs> You're doing a good job. Keep it up. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I guess Kevin handles most. Yeah, he handles like 99% of the editing and all the post-processing. I'll, I'll edit when, when he's not available. But then those episodes, you could definitely tell those are episodes I've done. <laughs> um, I do a lot of the scheduling and social media stuff. And each of us kind of try to create content up. and put, putting things up there. And he's the newest one. He's, he's the, you know, the youngest one of the crew. So, you know, he kind of just, uh, he gets all the sh- chicks. Yeah. He just shows up, <laughs> looks pretty, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I'm terrible at social media. I get yelled at by Lee and Terry. He's like, you post something on Facebook, do this. Like, eh, eh, whatever. Half the time I forget that I have a, you know, Twitter or whatever. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> 
I was going to say that to me. I, I, I do remind you guys. I'm like, okay, come on. We need to post some stuff. Let's get some word out there. Let's, you know, post some pictures of stuff. You fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. I'm like, shut up, Steve. Leave me alone. Yeah, and then and then I'm, I'm at the next fun fly. I'm sitting there next to him, like, yeah, I'm recording you flying. Yes, <laughs> we're gonna get you. We're gonna get some content for the chat, for the uh, Facebook page for sure. What's hard for me sometimes is I have my own Facebook page that's mm-hmm. related to my Hobby View uh, YouTube mm-hmm. channel, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I have to think, you know, do I post this on my fa- my own personal one or do I push this, post this on RC Roundtable Facebook? You know, what's really should it go? Yeah. You know, it's. it's uh, usually I end up posting it on the round table cause you know, it's a bigger audience yeah. and it keeps the uh, from yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think that becomes a, like that becomes an issue for everyone as they kind of start up this stuff is like all my RC stuff. That's like face, like that's like podcast related. I'll post on the podcast, but most of my stuff, it's like, I use my Facebook page for RC and, and some family and friends. So like, you know, I'll just post stuff there, especially if it's like my, I'm doing air quotes with my fingers right now, but my, my, you know, responsibilities as a sponsored pilot to, to post, you know, promote the hobby. Oh, I used right, to do it on right. my own page because I, I'd like to keep that a little bit separate from the podcast, you know, but there's times where it bleeds over, obviously. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it mm. depends. And I thought about doing a, a personal lockdown Facebook page that's not, That'll just be for like my family photos and when we do mm-hmm. trips and stuff. Because you know we have a. It's like I don't know. I that's what like one of the biggest changes I've I've noticed. So when I started doing a podcast is, I guess the notoriety like being known out there. Um, and it's different. Like it's like oh okay. Well I went from like two hundred Facebook friends to now seven hundred Facebook friends, and it's like yeah. you know it's like great. That's awesome, but. And now I'm like, I'm posting pictures of my kid and then all my RC friends are also liking it. And I'm like, hmm, yeah. <laughs> do I yeah. need to keep that separate or not? I'm not sure yeah. yet. You know, so that's the kind of dilemma I'm in right now. Personally, so personal about, world, yeah. Yeah, with the, the Facebook stuff and just uh, social media in general. Um, yeah, there's all the girls throwing their underwear at you. And, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but <laughs> don't, don't be like a girl that likes my post and my wife's like, who's that? <laughs> who's, who's this girl from Spain? I'm like, she's a professional RC pilot. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Who like, cares? She's in Spain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're not going to Spain. I'm like, okay. <laughs> sure. Well, it's a nice place, especially this time of year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, boy. I usually tell my wife, yeah, that when she says something about, oh, is that you talking about your other girlfriend or your other wife? I'm like, yeah, I can handle two of you. <laughs> It's not happening. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) Do you guys have any more questions? I think that's kind of our list here. Uh, Aside from going way into Fitz's job, I don't don't know. Which I think is awesome, yeah. Which is, I think is amazing, yeah. Um, But I don't want to bog down the the podcast with all those questions. (laughs) Yeah, we could do that offline. Um, All right. I guess at this point, let's go into the top 10 shotgun round. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so we have 10 questions. Um, I'll go first. Who wants to go second? I'll go second. And Okay. And then Andrew asked the third question. And let's uh, – since primarily you you fly planes over like helicopters, let's kind of cater these questions to airplane stuff. Uh, okay. Up to you. <clears throat> I could do airplanes or helicopters too. 
Okay. All right. So let's start off. Uh, pinch or thumb? Who, who asked? Oh, you're asking oh. me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. Address oh. yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, start again. Yeah. So, yeah. So first question here. Do you pinch or thumb? I pinch. Nice. Oh, I could have sworn he said thumbs before earlier. But... Oh, that was a mislegion. <laughs> Diversionary <laughs> tactic. Did a great job. Uh, <laughs> nitro or electric? Electric. Okay. Uh, part flower or quarter scale? Little stuff or big stuff? <laughs> quarter scale park flyers. There you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't. Well, he lives in Texas, so. Yeah, we have a lot of big stuff. Everything's yeah, big. Yeah, you can fly right. quarter scales in all the parks down there, can't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, everything is a park flyer. Well, the thing is, neither, really. I don't really. I have park flyers and I have quarter scale, but most of my stuff is between, actually. Yeah. Okay. If I were to choose, I always say park flyer. Okay. If you hold a gun to my head. <laughs> uh, let's see. Do you fly with a gyro? On my helicopters. Oh, and one EDF. I have a gyro on the nose gear because that thing was squirrely as heck on the ground. Really? Okay. Just the nose gear, huh? Just the nose gear. This is oh, a um, this is a actually technically it's quarter scale. It's a BD five, the microjet. Okay. You ever heard of that? It's a ninety millimeter BD five. Runs uh, what's that thing? Tensile. Um, and I think what happens is because the thrust is so offset that. As it's taking off, it puts an extra force on the nose gear, and it gets really squirrely. So I had to put a gyro on it to keep it the thing. Oh, I think it's weird looking. It's like smushed down. <laughs> but that's yeah, not great very idea. Long. Put it on yeah. the on the nose wheel, right? The steering. Yeah, yeah. just so, so it's yeah. straight. That's that's awesome. It helped idea. a lot. Oh, I'll bet. Um, nice. And I have one on my K nine. Okay. The K nine, which I want yes. to ask you about too. So okay. Yeah, well, that. we can talk about that later. Uh, sport or three D. Um, sport. Okay. Mm-hmm. Strap or strapless? Do you use the safety necklace? Oh, I'm gonna say I just met you. I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to do strap, but now I strapless. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of crotch flying. I just hold the transmitter down and just fly. <laughs> like the cool kids. Yeah, the cool kid. The I'm cool a cool kid, kid now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny. There's a couple of guys that fly um with the the trays. Yeah. Okay, yeah. In fact, I have one club member. He 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 asked me to fly a lot of his planes to test flying stuff. Oh, yeah. He uses a tray, and it's I can do it, but it's really a weird. Bit awkward. Yeah, it feels yeah. yeah, it feels really weird. I know it's popular in Europe to do that, but mm-hmm. I just don't yeah. like it personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's got to be weird. It's got to be even weirder for people who thumb because people who pinch kind of you know tray or you hold your transmitter, you're kind of doing the same like pinch movement. But yeah. when you're a thumber, that becomes very weird. Yeah, it is. Uh, plus, I like to use the sliders in the back of the transmitter. Mm-hmm. And so if it's in a tray, it's tough to do that, I think, yeah, in some yeah. trays I've seen. Yeah, they're usually all up front then. Um, yeah. So let's see here. I guess this is more like, uh, do you like cheaper servos or like more expensive Futaba high-tech? So kind of like Hobby King versus Futaba or high-tech servos. That depends on the application. For little mm-hmm. park flyers and stuff, I'll use the cheap Poppy Kings all day. Yeah, nine gram uh, servos, man. Oh, yeah, a little nine gram servo, two bucks. You know, yeah. You, know. you strip the gears, you just buy another servo. You know? Exactly. <laughs> um, 
for some of the other stuff, I have used better servos. I'll use digital servos, uh, mm-hmm. like in a like in a big helicopter. I'll use digitals, or yeah. some of my other planes. Um, if it's a plane I really care about, then I'll use high techs or Futabas. Nice. Nothing. Yeah. Cool. Uh, are you more of a scale profile guy, or do you? Or I'm sorry, I screwed that one up. <laughs> <laughs> are Are you more of a profile guy or the full fuse? Type uh, of plane. I, I prefer full fuse. Yeah. I like scale. I'm a scale kind of guy. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, <laughs> although I do have a B 17 that's profiled though. That's just more nice. fun than it should be. Uh, there's a guy up here in Texas. He's, um, called rum builder. <laughs> he makes these really goofy stuff and he says, Hey, I want to make a B 17. Things got like a, I think it's pushing 80 inches and it's all flat, um, uh, foam. Mm-hmm. Get like at Home Depot. And insulation foam, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, insulation foam, yes. And I put four motors on it. <laughs> uh, yes. But yeah, full full body. I like my planes with curves. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, next one. Uh, would you go rather have a high KV and a small prop setup or like a low KV and a big prop? Oh, that depends on the airframe. Generally speaking, low KV, big prop. Okay. Unless you want to fly fast, then you got to go the opposite. Yep. Yeah. All right. And then to wrap it all up, uh, do you like big events like Jonah or Seth or smaller events like your local club fun flies? <sighs> I don't know. Really both. Um, I've never been to Jonah, but I have been to Seth and I had a good time there, but I also had good times at a small event. We have a really a nice, smallish electric event here that's also really nice too they both had their advantages and disadvantages <clears throat> i guess if i'm going to fly a lot i probably prefer a small event sure uh but the, i also like the large events because it's just a sheer variety of stuff you see mm-hmm. but i know you won't be able to fly as much i guess it depends on my mood uh but i guess as a pilot i would prefer smallish events relatively speaking nice all right awesome so that wraps up our top 10 shotgun round. All right. All right. Bang. You have shotgun sound you're going to put in there? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this is Texas. We got six shooters, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So let's uh, give me one second to set up here, and we're going to oh, geez. air another episode of the Free Fall Planker Field News Reporter. Oh. Out of the press. Ah, shit. You've got to be kidding me. Holy shit, the whole thing went in there. (laughs) Wait a minute, let me just pick at this a minute. Let me. Oh, man, I don't know if I should drink more or drink less. Jesus Christ. Is this fucking planker thing my idea? (laughs) Fucking Steve, can't believe you talked me into this shit. (laughs) Okay. Hello. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Freefall RC Podcast Planker News Service Show. <laughs> if this Jeez. show ever gets like that, somebody fucking shoot me. Come on, you little bastard. Come on. Oh, yeah. Oof. 
Sorry, guys. I was busy uh, finishing a uh, really awesome nose picking. Episode 9 <laughs> of the Freefall RC it's Podcast Planker News uh, Show. I guess we're going to call it a show now. What do we got? We got lots of stuff. We've got uh, another episode of Let's Get It, our new segment here on the Planker. <laughs> and this is amazing. Uh, we were going to do a tribute to George from Tired Iron Aviation for his amazing feat of flying every day for, I think, um, I think it's a thousand days or something like that. That's absolutely astonishing. So we did a little research and we found a guy that's done it for 2,190 days, a solid six years. So we'll see what that's about. All right, let's get to it, guys. Double battery. All right, guys. So we're back to our segment. Let's get, and as in last time, it's all about what I want, and I still want the Kraken. So that's what we're going to work on this week, getting that damn Kraken. Damn it. I just can't believe Roulette kicked my ass like that. All right, now i got to call Jane and uh, get home somehow. Almost so. Oh man, I can't tell her everything. Jesus, I don't know what to say. Hey, babe. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Atlantic City. Um. No, I'm sorry. I. It's all gone. I. I lost everything. It's not a. It's not crack. It's a kraken. <laughs> Can you come and get me? Um, I kind of sort of sold the car. Yeah. No. Oh. Just come and get me. We'll sort this out. Thank you, dear. Oh, man. I still got to find a way to get that cracking. Where's, uh, where's my other daughter? <laughs> hey, guys, I'm on the move here. I was told to uh, come downtown here to a Pauly's Arcade to meet this guy, uh, Morgan. Morgan McKenzie. I don't know why Arcade. Ah, here it is. Let's go in here. Hello. Um, I was told to ask for Morgan. Oh, yeah, Morgan. Um, yeah, Morgan, I sent him home for the day. Oh, he works here? Yeah, he works here. He, uh... He, he sweeps up and he uh, fixes the video machines. Okay. All right, everybody, we're off to the next location. Let's get uh, let's get going. Here. Okay, that was a short walk. Uh, so we're here at uh, Morgan's uh, Morgan McKenzie's house. Let's ring the bell. Hey, how are you? Are you Morgan? Yeah. Uh, Morgan? Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, listen, uh, Mike D, I'm from, here from the Planker Channel. We called ahead. Oh, uh, dude, you got the, you got the takeout? Oh, oh, man, come on in. Thanks. 
So, uh... Oh, man, I am so glad you're here. I got a munchie so freaking bad. Whoa. So, Morgan, uh, we've been told that you, for the last uh, six years, I guess 2,190 days, uh, you've been flying every day. So I'd like to ask you some questions about that. Um, so what do you fly? Uh, you know, pretty much anything. <laughs> you get my hands on whatever the butt of the day is, man. I mean, you know. No, I mean, like, is it airplanes, helicopters, both? What is it? Oh, dude, it's whatever I can get, man. Anything to just get me whizzing and smoking and open. Dude, I, I don't care. I, I grind up some dead cockroaches. <laughs> Wait, uh, what? Whatever I can I get, was told you you've been flying every day. Oh, dude, I've been flying every day most of my life and every friggin' day. You bet I'm flying high. I am stoned out of my bird, brother. You've been high every day? Well, yeah. I'm the one that's high as hell, but it seems like you're the one that's a fucking asshole. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Hey, uh, Big Vinny, it's Mike D. Um, I was looking for a black market Kraken. This, uh, this looks like, uh, this looks like, uh, crack. Uh, dude, that's not what I was looking for. Hey, Bill Ann, Mike D here. <clears throat> Listen, on the Freefall podcast, after you said the word, my camera, the next hour and 15 minutes was just white noise. I have no idea. <laughs> Did you text me that all in writing? So I what to do. Thanks, man. <laughs> Jane, hey, sweetie, I don't think I need a ride anymore from the casino. I was out here on the corner, and I met Big Daddy. Um, although he's wearing a purple mink coat, super nice guy. He's got tons of girls that hang around with him. Anyway, the, the uh, Big Daddy says he's got work for me. He could put me to work, like, right now, right tonight. Um, i got to wear these weird shorts. But other than that, um, I consider... <laughs> Hey, Bill Ann, Mike D, thanks thanks again for getting back to me so quick. Uh, no, man, there's no way I could listen to a freefall podcast twice. Once is hard enough. I mean, that makes me nauseous. It's not the show. It's just Andy and Steve and Kevin, those three idiots. I can't handle a rewatch. Just no way, dude. Thanks anyway, man. Is that it? Oh, yeah. Is it over? <laughs> Oh my god, dude. I'm oh, crying over wow. here. <laughs> Somebody put a lot of time into that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's my D. A whole lot of work for a lot of nonsense. I think I went to high school with that guy. <laughs> I kept thinking the whole time. I was in freaking auto shop with that guy. And he oh. really wants a crack in, huh? Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> oh boy! All right. That's good. <laughs> oh, Fitz, I was, I'm, I was hoping we weren't going to scare you off with that one. <laughs> I was like, oh, geez, I hope he's still here after this. Oh, I'm here. <laughs> that's why I had nice. to give you the warning, you know, the, yeah, the disclaimer. <laughs> that was highly amusing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just just get, wait till we get to uh, what is that? Um, face, no, website comments? No, people probably. Yeah, uh, I just had the epiphany when he when he was talking to the guy, like, oh, flying, hi, oh, oh. Yeah. It just took me a yeah. second, also. Yeah. It's like, what's right When I heard him talk, I was like, oh, this guy's a stoner. Hi, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's flying high. Oh, uh, man. Uh, all right. Awesome, Mike. Thank you for that. Uh, let's move it on to news and announcements. Okay. News and announcements. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. I'm still well, trying to okay. clear my throat. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> all right. So, what do we got here? We got the Freefall RC Podcast HeliFest 2019 coming yeah. up. Yeah, fourth annual. The fourth annual. Mm-hmm. Uh, June 22nd and 23rd at wait, Allen's wait. Airport. Wait, wait, what? It's interesting. It's the fourth annual, but we've only been doing a podcast for three years. I don't know. It's a, yeah, how does that work? <laughs> space, space-time continuum. No, technically we have been. We started in December of 2015, so technically it's sort of the four. <laughs> I mean, calendar years, 2015 and 2019, four years. But yeah, I'm not sure how that works. But okay, I always, I always thought it was. Oh, it was 2015. Yeah. So this is an event you sponsor. Uh, it's an event that we host. We oh, really? uh, yeah yeah cool neat. We organize it and host it. Two yeah, days. We'll, we'll do a podcast from the. Mm-hmm. From the event, you know, get people come on, talk about whatever, just say whatever. Yeah. So it's at an airport. Uh, yeah, it's at a small private airport that um we have access to. Yeah. Have you met Alan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, cooks. It's, <laughs> it's great. He, his, him and his wife. Yeah, you know, they'll do the cooking. He has a uh, kind of a museum he's working on. Um, has a. What is that? A forty-six Stearman? He's got a Stearman that he's got. Yeah, he got a Stearman. He got oh, a. Nice. Um, what's that? This, the Pawnee. Mm. Yes. A yep. couple other planes, yeah. And like he's right now, he built a he built a museum for the town, Southampton. Um, what was the other town's name? Um, Vincent Town, in Jersey there, in South Jersey, and mm. basically, um, he's now working on an aviation museum. So he's trying to get like some old planes and all that stuff, and trying to. He like you know he he has tons of land so he kind of um, he lets us use um, the runway like the main runway for for the heli fest and we also have a South Jersey uh, <clears throat> fun flight that we go to down there too but then he also has like there's a South Jersey club that uses that field and then there's across the street there he also lets uh, he has like a club just for airplane folks too so he you know he's very uh, accommodating and you know. Helps the RC community out a lot. Yeah, he's a real friend of the hobby. Yeah, yeah. totally. So, like, usually, um, besides operational costs of like whatever we get, um, that, you know, that we need to collect for like the sanctioning and stuff like that. But after that, everything goes to him as a donation. Like, you know, we want to make sure um, he continues doing what he does, so that way we can continue what we do. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. So it's a mutually beneficial um, endeavor for us. So it's great. Yeah. Yeah, and one year, I don't know whether it was the, the South 
Jersey Helifest or whether it was our Helifest or what yeah. what event it was, but one guy showed up with a trailer and an actual oh yeah like kit helicopter. He pulled it out of the back, mm-hmm. kind of pulled it out, stretched out the rotors, and flew it around about fifteen feet off the ground. Like flew up and down the runway. It was really cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was like a small little, like I think it had like a Kawasaki Ninja yeah. 1000 motor in it. TC yeah. motor in it. I thought it was a three-cylinder or something motor, right? I, I think it was four, but yeah, I mean, it might have something been Something small like that. Yeah, but it was small, and, but that thing, it flew. It flew it really like, nice. It was like a home-built thing. Um, he said that they were like kits a, available. It's, it's a kit, yeah. But then he did a bunch of upgrades. He said the kits were terrible when they first came out, and then there was a lot of upgrades <laughs> to get it going, and. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, one thing you don't want to hear about when you're flying it. Yeah, this thing's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, that's your life in that helicopter. Yeah, exactly. Craft, Did you, know? you do that rotor head upgrade? Oh, no, I forgot yeah. about that one. A whole lot of spinny bits that would be terrible. Uh huh. <laughs> but it was, it was, that was cool. something to say. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're around, oh, do we? I have to edit this. It's 21st, not 22nd. <laughs> you're in a tri state area. Yeah, we're in the tri-state area. Definitely come on through. You want to meet us? You want to come on our podcast? We get we get pretty um. We we have a couple of adult beverages at night, and then we record a show. So it's very interesting, <laughs> very lively and interesting. And last year was great. Like we had um, um, one of our listeners, Kevin, his daughter came on the show, and Arabella's was like what maybe eight? Yeah, know. I'm not sure. Yeah, like and seven or eight, maybe nine. Oh, was she great. was. Yeah, she was great. She was the life of the show. She made the episode. In wow. my Did somebody <laughs> offer to trade her for a Kraken? <laughs> no. oh. Mike D uh, wasn't there last year. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, you, you, Fitz, you have to even if you don't listen to like the full episode, just go back to the last one, one seventy six, and go yeah. listen to that Mike section. It's right before news <laughs> announcements. And it's uh, when he calls up his daughter, and she's like, "What do you? What do you want, Dad?" It's, I couldn't believe <laughs> he just it. called her up. He just cold yeah, he called just her, cold. and yep. like, "Yeah, you're you're the you're the middle kid, so I I want to trade you for a helicopter. That's cool. Uh, yeah. That's all I'm gonna go. You have to listen to the rest. That's of awesome. It. I'm gonna do that. I'm definitely yeah. gonna do that. Oh <laughs> uh, boy! All right, what else do we got for news announcements here? Uh, announcement from Oxy Heli come out Sunday. There's a recall on the one-way bearing for the Oxy-5. Uh, it says, during quality control inspections, we found errors on the Oxy-5 one-way system. Factory assemble instructions. Uh, because of this, we will replace all the one-way systems that have shipped regardless of failure or wow. specification. That's awesome. Oh. It uh, goes on to say that everyone that's bought one, every dealer, pilot, rep, and customer that has received a kit will be contacted directly by email today. Oh, and this was Sunday. Mm-hmm. So if you got an Oxy-5, you most likely have been contacted already. But mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw that out there in case anybody is curious or wondering what's going on with that. And, and that's great. Like for a company – this yeah, I mean that's that's about as good as you can ask for. Yeah. There's a problem, and they're just gonna fix it. Yeah. Question asked, and yeah. be done with it. Not even like, okay, if you have a problem, report it in. No, just everyone who's got a kit, we're just gonna send it out. Yep, yep. that's amazing. Yeah, it's a really good company. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I'm not all that familiar with Oxy Helis, but I mm-hmm. did uh, fly a club member's um, 
few weeks ago, and it was really nice. Um, yeah. I was really surprised. It, it was a just, I guess they're all a small one. Um, yeah, and, there's three, uh, there's two, three, four, and a four stretch. I can't remember what his was. Maybe a three or four. Yeah. Um, is there is there a big difference between a four and a five or um, the four and the four max, which is like a a traditional 380 size heli, like 380 main blades, to the max is huge. Like it's hugely different. It looks like you're looking at a micro compared to like a 600 this, or 700. Yeah. And and the five it was is just released, like yeah. literally a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay, so, so it's, it's like a brand new thing, mm-hmm. hot off the press. Yep. Uh, but I was real impressed with the flying quality. It was really snappy and uh, real powerful for a little guy. Yeah, and it's yeah. so locked in. It's yeah, crazy it flew hard. it flew bigger than it was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am awesome. I good to getting one of those? I understand yeah. that parts are really cheap for them too. With the repair parts. Yeah, yeah, I would. I would. I would equate them very similar to like blade helicopters as far as their parts because you'll mm-hmm. get double, like two usually, and like you know by main gears you get two of them, oh. and they're only like you know like ten bucks for a set of main gears, you know, like five, yeah. six dollars for a boom, like very, very economical, like price wise, but the performance outweighs blade or you know like they're up there with all the top tier helicopter brands in my opinion, performance wise. Mm-hmm. So definitely, if anyone's in the, into like that smaller helicopter, even a five now, that's like a five fifty slash almost six hundred size heli. Yeah, it's uh, you know, really? you, you know that he, he comes from a very like engineering and like his background is just very like customer service and engineering. Like we're gonna develop the best thing we can and we're gonna support it the best way we can. You know, so yeah, it's a great brand. Oxy Heli is also uh, the donor. Luca is uh, he made Links Heli so. Lynx was a big aftermarket part uh-huh. company. Okay. So they made a lot of aftermarket parts, and eventually, you know, I guess he started getting into it where he's like, well, I make everything for everyone else's helicopter. Might as well make my own helicopter, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's where he really put his name in concrete there with the Oxy 3 and uh, how mm-hmm. well it flew for its size. Yeah. Uh, for a 300 millimeter blade. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like 285s, 255s, mm-hmm. 285s. And it's something that. Really, no other helicopter at that point um, was was doing at that size, you know. Yeah, and I still don't think anything can compare to it, really. You know, in that size. Yeah, it's low parts count and just you know decent decent helicopter. Yep. Cool. All right, what else we got here? Ooh, Scorpion. Yeah, uh, we talked about it a few months ago that they were coming out with a V two for yep. the uh, one hundred twenty amp. Tribunus from Scorpion. I saw that it is available now. Uh, it's 120 amp. I don't know exactly what all they changed, but newly added USB support for PC connection without a main power source. Mm. Improved BEC protection. Futaba telemetry support without additional adapter. Changed the case a little bit. Enhanced case and PCB designed for better heat dissipation how many cells is it uh this is a six cell version this is the six 120 uh 120 amp six cell Mm. and then of course they have a 12 cell or is it 14 cell the 130 is a 14 and there's a 200 that's a 14 is it 14 for the 130 i thought it was just 12 is it i could be mistaken Uh, i have it i don't know i was thinking it was similar to the hobby wing but it might be 12. I'm not sure. Yeah. 
the 200 will do 14. Yeah, right? 200 definitely is a 14. Okay. I think with this has been six months we've been talking about this. Uh, yeah, I remember yeah, talking about it a while back, but it's finally now coming out, which is good because you <laughs> they've been out of stock of the other ones and really know right. nothing available for. And I think that was now. the whole thing is that they went out of stock because they were in development of this and doing R and D and making food. Oh, sure. So you know they didn't want to like. Like I have the older 120, and I have no problems with it. You know, I never knew any issues to BSC or anything. I mean, I've been running it on my Goblin 500 for since I had that Ali, you know, since last year. So, um, yeah, but that's great. You know, keep yep. innovating, keep producing new versions, so that way, you know, keep up with the times, basically. And talking about keeping up with the times, Scorpion has a new firmware out for all their Tribunus ESCs. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So. There is now version 60, and it's, it's scoped out for their whole Scorpion Tribunus ESE series. So, uh, so supposedly the, the changelog is they fix problem with BC startup error showing on VBAR, fix problems with the wrong overcurrent error showing on VBAR, increase control frequency for better motor control, and then change timing algorithm to make it more precise for different motors and load. And also improve the motor start. So I guess for especially for helicopters, right? You got your slow start. Mm-hmm. Um, so improves that. I really like. I'm really interested in the changing timing algorithms for um, different motors because obviously Scorpion ESCs work very well with Scorpion motors. But I don't run Scorpion motors. I run Xnova motors. So I like to see if there's any improvements with Scorpion ESCs with Xnova or other brands. You know. Well, Wasn't there an issue with this? The Scorpion ESC wouldn't work well with the certain X Nova motors or some motors. There was an issue. Something. I don't remember what it was. No, it was the Scorpion. Yeah, I don't remember. There was I know there a was Contronic an ESC in a. Well, I know there else. was there was an oh. issue with a Hobby Wing and an X Nova, but that was for the Oxy Four. Like the it would over. It would over rev it or whatever. Like it would, I don't know. It would, it would like the timing would get all thrown off. But, um, yeah, I don't know. But either way, it's great that they're producing firmware updates because that's how you keep, you know, electronic devices up to date and, and working better than ever. So, mm-hmm. so it's good to hear. Absolutely. Cool. And then what's the next one you have here? Well, there's a new plane, uh, from Horizon Hobby, a hobby zone. Mm-hmm. That I thought was kind of interesting. <laughs> this is weird looking. It's, you the, know Air, it's the Aero Scout S, mm-hmm. 1.1 meter, uh, ready to fly and bind and fly basic. It, yes, it's weird looking, but I think it would be actually a really good trainer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it you looks know, very, very durable. Mm-hmm. You know what this reminds me of? What's that? You ever go to Harbor Freight and look in their little RC section? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> they have a yellow version of it that has the same like fuselage with the really? wing and a pusher prop in the the wing right behind the wing. Yeah, I don't know how strong the the that tail boom thing is. Mm-hmm. Looks like it could break off unless it has a carbon spar in it or something. I'm right. sure. Yeah. But it looks like you could fly this straight into a wall, and it probably wouldn't hurt it. <laughs> the whole nose is solid foam. It's got big, giant landing gear, tricycle gear, this little tiny pusher prop on the back, and then a kind of a traditional tail. Mm-hmm. It is a goofy-looking little thing. 
It's yeah. very goofy. I think what does is the wheels are so big. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of it. If I got this plane, I'd have to take Aeroscout off and put Fisher Price on the front of it. Because <laughs> it looks like. How about, how about just change it to Airhog? <laughs> or Airhog, yeah. Yeah, just the rest of it. Just, it looks kind of toyish, like with the big wheels. But I can, like you're saying, Andy, I'm. Imagine this is your first airplane, to dude. A kid or something. Oh, I mean, man. it's it's a hundred and fifty bucks bind, bind and fly, basic, oh, man, or Chloe, yeah, two hundred bucks for the ready to fly, which comes with the DXE, which is actually a fairly decent beginner mm-hmm. radio. All the safe stuff, the beginner mode, intermediate mode, and it's not tiny either. It's forty three inch wingspan. Yeah. yeah. So it's a decent size. Flies on a twenty two hundred three cell. Four channel, yeah. Well, five channel with the safe with stuff. The safe, yeah. So at twelve to fifteen minute flight time, so I'm sure it doesn't go very fast or anything, but I, it it kind of looks like a good trainer. Definitely. Yeah, I think you got a point. I don't, I don't think you could hurt it. Yeah. Easily. I mean yeah. it. It's if it holds up and stuff. Like I assume it will. It could take place of the apprentice for like the best trainer. I mean, mm-hmm. teach yourself to fly, mm-hmm. crash it, hit the ground. You got this big old landing gear for grass and stuff. So yeah. it, it, I think it has potential for teaching, getting kids and new people into the hobby and finding success without breaking the bank. The so, apprentice is a pretty high bar. That's a, yeah. Oh, I agree. It's, it's, it's my go to. Like, yeah. What should I get as my first plane, apprentice, without mm-hmm. a doubt? Yeah. The only thing I was going to say could be a little bit better than the apprentice, and I haven't flown either one, so I don't know, uh, is its glide uh, ratio maybe coming in for landing, yeah. and then those big wheels, you know, and you have quite a bit of ground clearance. Yeah. Um, I don't see how it could glide as good as the apprentice, though, to be honest, Kevin. Oh, the apprentice okay. just floats forever. Does it? Yeah. You have to force wing. it down, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but I do say, like, you can, you know, get a prop strike, break the prop on the apprentice, and mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. stuff like that that this one wouldn't have. So, I mean, that that's my, could be, I don't that, know, depend on how it flies, if it, you know, if it flies yeah. weird or funky or does something crazy. It might yeah, not be for that. our listeners who are wondering, it's the, like the Bixler style pusher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing, um, I like about this more than the princess is tail seems beefier. The the tail in the princess seems just like all the other like very thin Z foam type of tail that like cracks and breaks, uh, you know. But I like, wonder how you're right. The actual tail part. Yeah, I don't know about that boom yet, though. But mm-hmm. the boom looks like it could just be flopping back and forth, like. <laughs> Well, yeah. maybe that's you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't that know. Is part of it though, like to have some flex, so that Depends way. Depends on how much stiffener they have in there. Mm-hmm. And one thing I, I, I kind of like about this is that um, it's just that it, like, it has everything in the right place. Yeah. Like big wheels, tricycle, like it's... Batteries, easy to get to. Easy, to, yeah. You know, you're not going to be worried about breaking props because that's the most annoying thing in, in my opinion. When you have right, like, that's, tractor that's style, constantly like, nosing over. Yeah. First learning and, and the tricycle gear on the apprentice would nose over in grass pretty mm-hmm. pretty bad. So you you know maybe you don't know to go zero throttle quite as fast as you should. So you break a prop and then you're done for the day and you're like, well, dang it, you got to go buy a prop and all that. And it's it's just one of those little frustrations that can 
sometimes yeah. discourage new pilots. I don't know if you guys look seen the video, but it actually flies really nice. It, you can slow it down, and it he's flying uh, in a small park in a confined space. Mm-hmm. It's really not bad for what it is. Yeah. yeah, and to think about this plane at 1.1 meters, you have to actually compare it to not the regular Apprentice, but the Mini Apprentice, because that's a 1.2 meter plane, and it's priced oh, yeah. around the same price. You're about $20 difference. That's um, a good point. And it has the same safe and, you know, A3X and all that. I thought the Mini stuff. was way smaller than that. No, 1.2 meters, buy and fly, safe for 219 yeah, okay. 220 So it's very similar in size, yeah, okay. price, you know. I think this is definitely a contender for that that like beginner, you know, not too big, something you can fit in your car without having to like take it apart. Right. If it's right. apprentice, you have to take apart to fit right. in those cars and stuff. So. Yeah, and I'm thinking, you know, maybe 200 bucks for somebody that has a, a young kid or a grandkid or something that might be yeah. you know, interested. You could get the ready to fly and give it to them and it's everything they need and it's not super yep. expensive. Yeah. Yep. I'll get this for Chloe and then hand it on to to Hunter when he's like four. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right now. Now, in the video, they're showing some sort of USB charger. Yes. that Yeah. It comes with the, one of those, the new smart batteries and a USB mm-hmm. charger, which I, I saw that fits and I was like, it's going to take forever. To yeah. 2200. <laughs> yeah. Because you're getting like maybe. At the most, two 2.1 amps at 5 volts. Yeah, at the most. So what is that? You probably want to get about much. an amp. Yeah, yeah probably. probably. volts, it's probably, yeah. Uh, so I, what's that like? Not even a seat? 7.5 watts. Uh, yeah, no. Is it 7.5 watts? One point, like just say so, you get 1.5 volts for, in, I meant amps, times 5 yeah. volts. That's 7.5 watts. So it's going to take friggin' ever. Yeah. yeah couple hours yeah that's yeah that's <laughs> kind of cheesy i agree I, I did see that that's uh but it is a smart battery the new spectrum or um horizon whatever e-flight smart battery spectrum smart yeah, battery spectrum, stuff. Yeah. yeah so yeah. if you could pick up one of the other chargers i guess and just plug it yeah. in and it sets it and all that yeah 200 watt charger for 65 bucks that'll you know that'll yeah. do the trick yeah yeah now you're cooking with oil mm-hmm. exactly yeah i did find that amusing though <laughs> like a usb charger is okay for the little bitty one cell yeah packs, yeah, you know, yeah umx stuff that's fine but we, a 2200 three cell is yeah it's gonna take a while yeah mm-hmm. that's cool though yep check that out and then oh I, I heard about this today yeah not that i was going but i heard about it yeah mm-hmm. we got some sad news um no rc HN7 this year. Yep. The RC Heli Nation Fun Fly out in Oregon. Uh, they're not going to be able to do it this year uh, due to the loss of the field. Yeah. Uh, they're going to try to find something and, and be back for next year. Yeah, from the post I read, I think they were looking for the last six months trying to figure out the logistics. Yeah, of the I, I assume they probably... Yeah. Um, found out they were losing it at the last event mm-hmm. and been trying till now to, to find a replacement and yep. it's hard to do. Now, I'm not familiar with that event. Is it a pretty big event or well-known? Yeah. Uh, well, I think the podcast is probably well-known more than the event. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. The RC Heli Nation is like 
the godfathers of the RC helicopter podcast. It's the very first RC podcast that I was ever aware of. And yeah, they had uh, tons and listeners and um, very uh, popular podcasts. And they started doing a fun fly. So this would have been the seventh year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because it would have been the seventh year, but they've been done with the podcast for what, uh, three or four? Three years? Uh, no. Two. Two years? years I think. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. So they, don't, they no longer do the podcast, but they have this fun fly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Because it's its own beast. Its own, right? Yeah, it's become its own like thing, you know. So. Yeah. Reason for everybody to get together and mm-hmm. yeah. stuff. Kind of a... And the podcast was like like Andy was saying the podcast was uh you know the, the Godfathers of RC helicopter podcasts definitely I mean and they were super detailed they would pick us one subject like you know uh governors and they would do an entire show on it and they're very good very well production wise very well content wise uh, yeah. something we tried to model our podcast after uh, after listening to those guys for so many years mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely the inspiration of this podcast from there. Yeah. Especially the, uh, the production wise, you know, cause they had, they get what they were going above and beyond to get mm-hmm. that production value up there. Mm-hmm. Quality wise, uh, yeah. <laughs> <It's> still our <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's great to, that they still do that, that uh, event every year and it just shows you how much they really, you know, were in it for the listeners and all that, you know. They yeah. can say screw it and not do it anymore. Justin's, you know, still putting it together, and I know uh, James K- Kadisi, you know, works on it too. And yep, and uh, all Michael those guys Lucky, that put, mm-hmm. yeah, that put it together. Yep. Well, I hope they can find another field. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure though. I'm sure there's got to be fields out there. Okay, so before we go into what's next for the hobby, uh oh, let's go for next week's promo for the. The planker, or whatever this thing is called. <laughs> On the next planker episode, tonight we're going to start an investigation series. Episode one is Andy's hat. <laughs> what makes that thing tick? What's it made of? What's keeping it on, and what exactly is he hiding under there? Does it have a name? What superpowers does it impart to the wearer? Does he sleep with it? And does he sleep with it? These questions, and maybe actually some answers, next. Well, inquiring minds want to know. Yeah. Gotta stay tuned to the next episode. (laughs) I'll never tell. Um, all right. So what's next for you in the hobby? Who, who'd like to go first? What's next for you, Andy? I want to fly and have fun. Nice. That's awesome. That's all. Yeah. What about you, Kevin? I want to fly and have fun and be able to walk. Nice. It's, re- it's real simple. Nice. <laughs> simple man with simple wants. What about you, Steve? I want to have fun and fly. <laughs> no. Jeez. <laughs> no. I- <laughs> More seriously, I really want to work like I want to work on more of the maneuvers I worked on today. I, I just, you know, it, it was really nice to like kind of have the feel to myself and just like work on stuff. And now I kind of want to perfect it and make it better. So 
Um, so really like the hard collective stops I want to work on doing the yellow round and the elevator ones and just kind of mix it up with my different, you know, maneuvers that I do in the air. So cool. that's about it. Why? What about you, Fitz? I like ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> What's uh, uh, oh, anything with salted caramel. Okay. Oh yeah. Love that. <laughs> that was actually one of our questions for our ask us, uh, Series. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, well, other than that, uh, yeah, I like to really like to finish all my half built projects that I've been mm-hmm. thinking around, hanging around the workshop. And, uh, yeah, just uh, f- fly, be free, have fun, enjoy the hobby. What, what's that fun fly you've got coming up? Oh, yeah. You said you got yeah. some this weekend. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, I am actually taking a road trip up to Little Rock, Arkansas to the an event called Small Steps. Small is actually an acronym for Small Model Aircraft Lovers League. Wow. Uh, nice. Say that three times fast. This yeah. is actually this is an old event. They're celebrating the 30th year. Wow. And I've been there a couple times. This is a really interesting and kind of unique event where it's only for smaller aircraft. So it got started with uh, air models, really, that were 20, uh, 0.2 cubic inch and smaller or 0.25-ish. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you had a lot of planes that are 25 size, 10 size, lots and lots of 049 class planes. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen that many 049s in one spot until I went to this event. Um, and it's just a real neat – people bring out all kinds of interesting things, planes they built. Scratch built. There's control line flying there. Uh, free flight. Um, there was rockets, but the, they had to change fields at the last minute, so no more rockets. But some guys had RC-assisted rockets and stuff. And so it's a real neat event. I, I meet some uh, some of my old friends from up in the Dallas area go to it because it's not that far from them. Mm-hmm. I have to go up. It's going to be like a seven-hour drive-ish, and uh, I got a hotel. And, but I've been there a few times. Lee and I went last year, and we almost melted. It was so hot and stuffy, but we still oh. had a good time. Yeah. Wow. Uh, nice. I actually just finished a plane. Uh, a friend of mine had a fuselage for a little 049 powered plane. He says, here, he wants this plane. It's been sitting around our house since I was a little kid and he's in his forties. Uh, so, but it didn't have a wing. He just had a fuselage. The fuselage was built and covered. And so I, I he had the plans. I looked it up and I, I scratch built a wing for it and I test flew it this past weekend. So I'm ready to go. It's got a little Norvell 049 with a throttle and muffler. Nice. So it's really fancy. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still when I early in my hobby I flew a lot of 049 powered planes, and so I don't do so much anymore for the most mm-hmm. part. But every once in a while I'll pull it out. I've got that. I've got a plane called a QT, which I scratch built last year. Um, was it last year? Yeah, I think it was last year. Uh, it also has an 049 on it, so it's just nice to bring these out and fly around with some lighthearted guys. They'll fly around 020s, no tens, and it's just wow. the neatest thing Jeez. to see a Cox O10. Yeah, wow. these things are really tiny. really tiny. They sound like an angry bee. It's a really unusual sounding little thing, and it's just fascinating to watch. Uh, so I pull those out, dust them off, run them a little bit, get my hands all oily and sticky and greasy <laughs> for a couple of days, and then I, then I hang it back up and go back to electric stuff. But uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. I'm curious with those, uh, especially like the Cox engines, right? I mean, they're just basically spring loaded, loaded up, and let it go. Um, do flyways happen often? <laughs> Like no, they're they're radio controlled. 
Yeah, but like, you know, sometimes radio control stuff fails, like transmission fails, you know, and they're just like, oh, I don't have it. <laughs> Bye. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like in the other plane. Yeah, if your radio fails, it flies away on you. Yeah. Now, the there's good no thing control is, in the motor. There's no fail safe, right? I mean. Well, yeah, it's in the radio. If you lose a signal, you can. Well, uh-huh. it depends. Yeah, I'm some about of the ones that no don't problem. have carbs, like they're just right. open, full throttle, yes. one needle, you know. The ones that don't have throttles, yeah, you start them up and you hang on for two minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it jerks the plane around for two minutes and then you land a dead stick. But yeah, yeah, if you lose radio, there's no throttle, it goes away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah fail safe doesn't work on that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, you see that. Yeah, it's part of, it's just part of the adventure and excitement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but it's nice because I, I started my hobby flying a lot of small planes, uh, before park flyer was a thing. Uh, and so I, I just enjoy, I've got a couple of odd models that I built, don't fly that often. So get them ready and it nice fits in the car easy and I'll yeah. head off and enjoy the, the weekend. I'm going to actually be there for like three days. So nice. taking a day off from work. Awesome. Uh, so. Yeah, if anybody listening ever in the Arkansas area, this is definitely an event you'd want to check out if you're even remotely interested in uh, that kind of stuff. It's it's a real nice mix, real eclectic mix of all kinds of neat stuff. Guys will fly those free flight helicopters too, the ones you just mm-hmm. kind of start yeah. up and let go. Oh, you have an experience with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have one. I haven't flown it. It's new in a box that I uh, um, one uh, I borrowed from a friend, so he bought it at a swap meet for a song uh it's like a little um cobra i guess a apache or cobra something like that uh, you know I, I love this hobby and i always try to stay active in it keeps my sanity and yes. uh, <laughs> keeps you out of trouble Same here keeps you out of trouble <laughs> yeah, definitely kept me sanity. out of trouble as a kid yeah you don't have time or money for trouble yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. true yeah and I got a, um, I have one of those, uh, A10s from Freewing. Oh, nice. oh, wow. Yeah, it's a nice flying plane, but it's bare naked. So, um, right, as you mentioned, I am, um, gonna, my next thing is to get, put that on a workbench and paint it up, put some detail on it. Um, I found, uh, one of you guys, sounds like one of you guys do 3D printing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah. There's, uh, Thingiverse. Somebody made a whole series of stuff for free wing planes. And so I've been 3D printing, um, greebles, like exhaust vents and niblets and exhaust tubes. And I just found out somebody did a bunch of weapons. So I'm going to print out some G- GBU cluster bombs for the thing. Nice. Really, really dress it up. Yeah. Very cool. Cool. Yeah. So Fitz, yeah, we're yeah. coming up to our wrap up now. Um, want to thank you for taking the time uh yeah. to come on the show uh it's been a blast it was great to hear uh your history your experiences in the hobby and stuff so it's great thank you so much well thank you so much for inviting me this is uh, like i said it's been a unique experience for me and, and mm-hmm. it's been a real joy hanging out with you guys yeah uh, and thanks for it, doing your podcast and the show that you guys do i've yeah, been enjoying it a lot i'm still i'm still quite a far back but i just got through the episodes <laughs> where you're talking about the um, I was actually talking to Andy about it, but the uh, the three Cubs, you guys built the Cubs together. Oh yeah, our had like, view. Yeah, had different variations of it and stuff. And I was like, oh, that'd be awesome if we could do something like that. But I'm like, we're building helicopters. They're like, 
Yeah, carbon fiber bolts. Yeah, they're they're all going to be the same. same. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, we can't really make it that much different. So I was like, okay, that scraps that idea. But I, I really enjoyed those episodes. That was great. So thank you for for doing what you did. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a lot yeah. of fun with that. We have another one we've been been trying to do. We just haven't gotten coordinated with it yet. Mm-hmm. Another three view of something. But uh, I don't see why you couldn't do it with a helicopter. Just get three of the same, put them together, and you guys give your opinion on how it built, mm-hmm. how it goes together, how it flies. Uh, yeah. Uh, have to yeah. go crazy with like Lee did putting two yeah, motors on his two motors. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Didn't give it the program. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I love how Terry goes like with the scale side and you're like, now nah, give me a bigger motor. With no power, <laughs> you know. And then Lee, of course, goes off the wall with the double motor on the wings. It's, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Have you seen Terry's uh, asymmetrical planes? No. Oh, yeah, I saw uh, some pictures or something. That looked really neat. He likes to do. He's built several of them. I think one was published oh, really? in AMA magazine. Yeah, he calls them the Parallax. Nice. And, uh, I, I had the prototype. I don't know if you heard the story. When he was he was still living down here when he was first developing one, mm-hmm. and he built one and it flew pretty. It flew okay. It had some nuances, but it, it was decent. And I was like, well, let me. I want one, but I want mine to be a mirror image of yours. So he's his motor was on the. Mm-hmm. Left, I think, and mine was on the right, okay. uh, or vice versa. <laughs> remember, mine's on the whatever. Anyways, yeah. so his flew okay, like I said. And I, when I went to test fly mine, it would not fly. As soon as you launch it, it would go instantly into a spin, and it was almost oh, unrecoverable. Wow. Yeah, it was. It was really weird. If I held like full rudder, it would kind of sort of fly, but then it would still kind of just wallow in the air and just. Is it like I, the angle of the motor or something? Or? No. It, the torque of uh, the motor or the thrust? That, that's very close. That's almost it. It was the P factor. I had to put a reverse direction prop on it and reverse the motor. So he had a tractor. Ah. I had to put a pusher prop because of the P factor, the way the um, the, the airflow hits the tail. Yeah. Basically ah. forcing it into a spin. And so when I did that, it immediately fixed the problem. Nice. Uh, uh, it's, I guess, another experiment that went on at NASA. It was an asymmetrical mm-hmm. aircraft. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And I actually have a full, a big one. I have a something called a BV-141, which was a real German asymmetrical aircraft. Um, it's got like an 80-inch wingspan. Somebody made an ARF of it for a while, and I just had to get it. It flies better than it should. <laughs> yeah, oh. Nice. Very, They're very uh, unique-looking things. Yeah, yeah. I saw the one he did with the the pusher and the the tractor and the pusher together. Oh yeah, yeah. he just came up with that one. Some wild looking stuff. Lee had a funny name for it. What did he call it? Mixmaster or something? I I forget. Uh, The Cuisinart. I I saw some pictures uh, just recently on Facebook or somewhere, and I was like, that doesn't. I think you said it, it does really good flat spins or something like that. (laughs) Yep, looks like he's gonna fly in a circle. <laughs> Terry, nice. Terry, Terry will do weird stuff. You got to have him on the show. He's he's uh yeah. he uh, he took one of those T twenty eights that E flight had, mm-hmm. and uh, what did he do? He chopped the tail off, put his own mini tail on, basically made it a tailless flying wing thing. Jeez, oh, <laughs> and it flew. Wow. It, it actually flew. It was it's a goofy looking thing, but yeah, he's he's like such a weird stuff. <laughs> nice, so, uh, so awesome. Anyways. All right, enough of me rambling. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. All right. You guys ready for wrap it up? Yep. Yeah. All right. So Facebook likes. We are at 912 likes. That's plus two new likes. 
Well, it's supposed to be plus three or four. 1,000. 1,000. I know. Waiting for that. We're waiting for that 1,000. Here we go. Uh, we have two names here, so let's name them. Uh, I want to thank Michael Austin and LaDedrick Taylor. Thanks, guys. Yeah, that wasn't too bad. Right. Can you do anything special when you get to 1,000? Uh, probably. We're not sure what yet. What do we do for 500? Oh, we did that giveaway, giveaway right? Yeah, we did a giveaway. A plane and helicopter and a Yeah, and Ducktrix. No, we gave away the Trojan, too, remember? Trojan. Yeah, T twenty eight. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then we did uh, the Proto three eighty helicopter. Oh wow! Yeah, that was was donated by Lynn Cummings. That was awesome. That someone donated that helicopter for us to give away. So we gave away that, and then yeah, yeah, and then we gave away an Inductrix for the quad side, and and then you know a T twenty eight, which is a great plane for the airplane side. So. Yeah. What you really want is 9,000. Then you get really superpower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think at that point we become, um, what is it called? Like influential. Like you're, you know, you can Influencer. change. Yeah. You can, you know, influence people and yeah. shoot fireballs from your hands. You know. Yeah. It's a yeah. Dragon Ball joke, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you know what I'm that? Yeah, it's a big meme. <laughs> super, super, super Saiyans. Yeah. You've reached 9,000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nice. All right. So, uh, what do we have for Facebook comments? For Facebook comments, I saw on Facebook under the last uh, post from the last episode, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Ann said, "I'm the reason Kevin is on heart meds. That's a stretch." Oh. And Scott Graham <laughs> said, "I believe it." <laughs> William Anthony said, "Really?" And Scott Graham said, "Yes." And these are your <laughs> fans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> These are, these are friends. <laughs> friends. Uh, Ian Funkin Joel said, I started with the Blade Scout uh, CPX, then moved up to the uh, 120SR. He's got a picture of like all four of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, landing gear was frail. He upgraded it. Uh, then he moved on to the CP Pro 2 and then made it to the Blade 453D. Nice. That's pretty cool. And then... Michael Ludke also commented about the uh, Mac in Canada, which was pretty funny. Maybe the Mac did their job, or maybe the ATC are not a bunch of hosers like the FAA. <laughs> uh, probably sat down together, took off their tinfoil toques, and had a couple of brewskis, a Mickey and some back bacon, and hashed it out. <laughs> so take it from this Canuck. Can- Canadians are not perfect but are likely more reasonable when it comes to this stuff. Sorry for the rant, eh? <laughs> nice, Mike. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, geez, look at the price of planes, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. the dollar is like so super weak right now. And then what else do we have? Do you have anything else? I don't know what else I want to mention Chris Brames. He uh, posted his uh, video maiden of his, um, oh, yeah, what was it? The uh Tower Hobby Vista Grande EP sale player. Yeah, that's like, yeah, I didn't see like, that, man. Yeah, he posted a video of his maiden. Oh, check it out. And Andy Ross says, nicely done. Sure has plenty of power. Climbs like a bat out of hell. He threw that thing and it went straight up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, nice. I had the uh, no original. About that. I had the original Vista for a while. And it was it was very nice. It was like a gentle lady on steroids. It was really mm-hmm. nice. Cool. Yeah, it looked like yeah. it was, flew really well. 
yeah, and he did a great job building it up. Uh, Mike DeGennaro, Mike D said, uh, posted a picture. Oh, no, you posted a picture, Kevin, and he posted a reply. I always wonder what the top of my hat looked like. <laughs> what picture is that? Okay. The one where he has the, um, I don't know, is that an SC5? Oh. I don't know if it's the biplane, and he's oh, like yeah. working on the motor on the plane stand, and you just see the top of his hat. Well, because he's wiping down nitro left and right. He's big on nitro and gas. Because he doesn't want to get yelled at again. Oh, boy. I don't know what that's about, but okay. Uh, let's see here. Anything else? No, that's all I saw. I wasn't on Facebook much this week, so mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah, no worries. Okay. Let's move it on to website comments. What do we got for website comments? Uh, we got an email from Javier. Awesome. Uh, real quick. Uh, he wrote us quite a bit. I'm going to kind of shorten it up. Um, mm-hmm. Cliff noted. He said, what maneuvers to get started with? Stay with the basics. Start off Pyro Flips day one and then go into figure eights. <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with that. No, he, he did not say that. Um, Is it backwards? But uh, Steve, I think you met, message, um, you mentioned the Freddie can fly, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, stuff from. Um, but he thinks the Arch Archmage AU is a great method, also. Yeah, I mean that that is a great method. But the problem is, is you need to. It's it's that only helps people that are like really really have the willpower to like sit there and. Hover. Right, because it's like hover to so something boring. in six it's months. It's so right? boring. Like, I'd rather watch Freddy Can Fly and pick and choose some maneuvers. Um, I think things like collective free hovering and flying is very useful because it teaches you micro corrections and micro movements. So, I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, some folks will see that Arc Mage RU, whatever that is, Arc Mage AU, yeah, um, method would be better. Some people would say, I just go to YouTube and buy a sim and, you know, figure out maneuvers that way. And Or some people are like, screw sim, screw YouTube. I'm just going to fly and crash and, and I'll get better eventually. I mean, so it all depends. <laughs> it's all people's opinions. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, to me, I I, I learned how – I didn't use ArcMage AU and I think I fly pretty well. You know, so it's like, how did I get there? I got there from just watching YouTube videos and persevering, right? Just – pushing through and constantly simming and constantly flying and i got there so i don't know it's it's it depends right it depends on the person i think but, i put one of lucas kids through college buying parts but, <laughs> yeah um, i got there eventually yeah exactly it's, like fun, an oxy it's the perfect way of learning because you could take whatever you go from the sim directly <laughs> to real life and crash and be like okay what why did i crash Exactly I was knife edge, and I didn't, you know, I didn't stop the heli from falling. Okay, you practice the sim, you fix your heli, you go back out, and next thing you know, you're not crashing that same way. Now you're crashing a different way, and you, you just learn. It's just you know, it's all learning, right? Just each person learns a different way. And he also had some additional questions. Uh, I guess after our show on asking, you should receive. Mm-hmm. He says, "Where the heck is Arnold? I just watched Terminator with the family. Since there will be a new one out." He remembered that Arnold was on the show. No, I know. Arnold hasn't made an appearance in a long time. No, no. Uh, he said, uh, how can you guys keep continuing pushing a podcast week after week? <laughs> I don't know if he meant it like that, but uh, 
Well, we just yeah. I mean, he said it's by far our most ways. reliable podcast. It's a hobby, so whatever you guys are doing, keep doing it. Uh, for us, it's a it's a labor of love. Like you know, I personally, I like the banter. I like just meeting up with you guys, talking bullshit, and you know, yeah. That's that's why I do it. It's not because of anything else. Trust me, I get shit from my wife about it and stuff. It's like you know, so um, yeah. Well, but I just do it. My wife's usually sleeping at this point. At this point, my wife's sleeping too, but usually, you know, from like the nine to 10, she's like, you guys done yet? You guys done yet? <laughs> <laughs> Texting me, you guys done yet? <laughs> he also asked, will you let Kevin fly the Kraken? And what about Andy? Sure. Yeah, you guys can definitely fly. Whoa, Andy, that was like a real sketchy, sure. No, that was, that was direct for sure. I was not hesitating at all. Dude, I don't care. You can fly any of my alleys. Nah. Come on. I'm going to let people who don't even fly helis fly my helis. Come on. I don't care. Let me fly it first. There you go. <laughs> so, sure. guest gets to fly it too? Off. Yeah, yeah, if you want to fly, go for it. Sure. I don't, you know, I mean, it depends. If you know how to fly, I'm sure to fly it. Um, if you don't I'll know how to fly, then we'll buddy box. That's all. Yeah, I'll volunteer Steve's helis. Better any, buddy box with me. Nah, you fly so high. I mean, yeah, maybe buddy box, but all I would have to do is hit that rescue button. <laughs> I would have like 30 minutes to hit that rescue button. I go get a bagel, come back, rescue. Okay. I'm going to put that thing in a full pitch Piro funnel right in front of our face. Hell yeah. Do it. You'll be like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Not because you think I'm going to crash rate. the heli because you oh. think you're going to cut our faces off. Yeah. Um, uh, what else you got? <laughs> he also asked, do you think the podcast will eventually end like RCHN? Or do you have podcast? do you have podcasting in you for a while? I don't know. I think if we take any time off, it's going to end. No, I shouldn't say that. It's usually what happens. Oh, we're going to take some time off and then never come back. Oh, uh, man. That's that's how RCHN, yeah. They like that is, take like right? a month and then yeah, they were like, right. after the holidays, it was like, yeah, they did like one or two more episodes it's, and that was it. Oh, one. They it was just the, one, right? The one come back to say that we're done. Yeah. That they were done. I mean, I don't know. Um, you think it's they got they by not doing it for two three weeks they're like hmm it's pretty nice not having to do this or something. I think so. I think what happened was that they were not not. I mean they you know they made it known like that they were they were like pushing to fly just for the podcast and not enjoying the flying part of the hobby anymore because of the podcast. Yeah, because they felt like they're obligated to go fly and have. Well, that's content. funny because that's his I mean, next just, question. And, and asked if we were gonna how we were managing that, but as of right now, I, I don't feel like I have to go fly, so I have to talk. I have something to talk about. No, because I can sit here bullshitting without flying. You know, there's weeks. There was like three weeks I didn't fly at all, and I was fine. You know, yeah, there's always something new to talk about, or yeah. something something yeah. to make fun of Steve about. Or, <laughs> Yeah, and and the thing is, is it's not a like to me. It's not about the flying anymore. You know, like the flying is great. The flying is what like the the whole flying and experiences in the hobby is what got us to start this podcast. But But it's more than that now. You know, like it's it doesn't it doesn't completely relate. Like it doesn't have to be a one to one ratio of like I got to go fly so I have something to talk in the podcast. It's no, it's more than that. I can go fly. It's it's everybody's story. It's it's. It like fits a story and mm-hmm. it's just great, man. Yeah. And having guests like, you stuff. know, 
fits on the show. Also, when we did the listener series, was great. Yeah, yeah was, we got to just meet listeners, like people who were like, who after the show was like, oh my god, I was so nervous and this and that, and I'm like, <laughs> really? Oh, you know, just have fun with it. It's great. We just we bullshit. Yeah. We don't care. Yeah, that's so, really neat. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think it's gonna be like that. I mean, the only I don't. Know, I don't know if there's ever going to be an end or maybe it might slow down a little, but I don't know. I don't think it'll like end abruptly. Kevin's foot don't stop hurting pretty quick. It's probably going to end. Oh, well then. <laughs> my foot's going to end <laughs> abruptly. Like, Screw this. I'm not going to edit. I can't, do, I can't think about anything but my foot. When it meets the axe, it'll end abruptly. <laughs> oh, boy. Make sure you cut off the blood circulation before you do that. All right. <laughs> so what's going on? What's next, man? Oh, you, you missed an email there, Kevin. Oh, did I? Yeah. Go ahead. Which one? No, you got to read it. Which one? Or, it? or we should make Steve read it. Uh, you're talking about Gray Eagle Jr.? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh. I could read this. Um, so, Gray Eagle totally Jr. This. does not sleep because at 4.53 a.m. He, today, he uh, emailed us this. So, he was definitely up before then writing this email. Um, thank you, Gray Eagle Jr., for writing this email, first of all. And here we go. Hot tip for beginners of learning. Great for first training wheels for no wheels copter. Oh, sorry. The subject of this is Eagle speaking top tip 101. Uh, useful for no one. Results guaranteed. Positive smiling. Some electricals with requirement and other simply baby millipede steps. Play with glue and binary code for instant meal satisfaction. Warning, if blade damaged, don't be fly. Otherwise, it will create human bodily or blade. 01010... Should I do this? 01010100110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110110
<laughs> Great interviews. <laughs> Stacy, Stacy, Stacy. Technical discussions. Help, help, help. And shenanigans. Bill, Bill, Bill. <laughs> These guys don't hover around the mediocrity. Mediocrity. They tick tock into greatness. Oh, lyrical. Pretty wow. nice review. Yeah, that's awesome. Great there. reviews, man, amongst awesome reviews. That's, yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. That's good. Fantastic. So drop us an iTunes review or read the review on the next episode. Email us at freefrc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast. Check out our webpage, freefrcpodcast.show. That show. Say hi to Chris Reiber. Hey, Chris. Hi, Chris. Uh, flight test forums off the field audio video production other than flight test podcast, free for RC podcast sit next to our friends, the FT community cast. Pat and Mike and say hi to Dave who manages our forum. Yeah. Uh, fellow podcasters, we want to give a shout out to RC Heavy Hooligans, Walt Ned, Telerotor podcast, Mike, Mike and Robert, RC after hours. Uh, that's, uh, Mike, Chris and Andre. Andre. Wow. Come on. You're losing it, aren't you? <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not on any medication. Yeah, BKRC podcast. Bert and Kyle. Oh, we know this one. RC Roundtable. <laughs> Fitz, Terry, and Lee. Yep. Uh, Fitz, you got to listen to what, the earlier episodes when we started giving a shout out to RC Roundtables. I was like, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, like the, the uh, days that he would make up. You're like, who? What? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the flight, yeah. <laughs> the flight test podcast. Uh, that's somebody some guy from, from England. <laughs> the guy that does a podcast. Yeah. N- name Mike. <laughs> the podcast guy. Yeah. The podcast yeah. guy. The flight test podcast guy. Um, and our buddy yeah. Bill Ann YouTube channel. Bill Ann. Check out, uh, Fitz, RC, um, hobby, hobby, hobby view. view. Oh, hobby, hobby view. view. Yes. Hobby yeah. view and, and the RC round table YouTube. So there's two. Yeah. Oh, nice. All yeah, right. Definitely take a, take a look there. Probably uh, use one word, by the way. Yep. Yeah, I was able to find it quite easily. And you have, like I said, you have a decent amount of followers. You got a lot of videos. I, I haven't watched your videos since I just found out about it today, tonight. But um, you have like five with fits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was an experimental and short-lived series where I would, I just sort of wax lyrical on whatever I was thinking of the day for a few minutes. Uh, sort of like my own little personal editorial. Okay, you can now listen gotta, to it. I, I gotta I definitely gotta can't wait to <laughs> watch that. Oh. I'm going right to that. <laughs> oh, don't do it. Be <laughs> it's all good. Uh, I'm sure you know Kevin got some YouTube stuff that uh, from his oh, past. Oh jeez, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. All right, so <laughs> thanks again, Fitz, for taking the time. Come on our show. Yeah, well, thank you. appreciate it a lot. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Yeah, and uh, thanks, Terry. He's the one who kind of I met up with him at the uh, the AME show because I was kind of briefly in and out of that place, and and then we kind of started the whole conversation about getting getting some, you know, you guys on our show, we're on your show, you know, figure something out. So well, I don't think some Terry collaboration. Right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'll thank Terry. <laughs> I know what happens. Terry met Steve, and then he he just you know. Said Fitz, go be on that show. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, Fitz will do it. Fitz will do, do it. He flies helicopters. <laughs> I got voluntold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, I hope you can reciprocate at some point. Yeah. Anytime. Let us know. All right. Yeah. We're, we're fun to. We're, we love doing that stuff. We've we've been on the 
we did a a group like group episode with the FT Community Cast. We run the RFC After Hours podcast. Um, yeah, we love it. So, man, you guys get around. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty thirty modelers. All right. So yeah, thanks to our listeners, for your skies, and we'll see you next time. See you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Awesome. RC roundtable. Yeah. Never gonna listen. I'm still. I'm working my way through the catalog. Testing, one, two, three. Steve, you missed a call. Ah, oh, join the call. All right, join the call. Join the call. Don't care. Don't mind if I do. Before I join the call, I have a few things to say. Number one, kids, stay away from barley and all barley products. Barley can make your foot explode, which is... What happened to me? Yes. Little did I know that last week I would make a drink with vodka produced from barley. So kids, if you're going to drink, and I know you're going to drink, drink responsibly. Know what's in the ingredients you're drinking. And God forbid, don't take any acid from a dude you don't know. Or cigars, for that matter. I mean, nowadays, you can't be too cautious. Mix your own drinks, kids. And stay with alcohol. Don't move on to heavier stuff. It's just going to ruin your life. Hey! Hello? Hey. Hello. Hello. Hi, guys. Hey, Fitz. Hey, Fitz. Oh, jeez. I join. I don't get that. Hey, um, Kevin. Right, I was thanks. about to say, Kevin, we talk to you every week, man. <laughs> <laughs> talk at me every week. Uh, yeah, yeah, we talk at you and about you. And about me. <laughs> All right. What's going on, Fitz? Not much. How are you guys? I'm doing very well. Fantastic. I'm doing, I'm doing good tonight. Yes, you were coming up next. So I just wanted to, you know, send some pleasantries to our guest first. How are you doing, Kevin? Are you doing uh, very well? I'm all right now, but last week I was in rough shape. Let me tell you. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> no, dude, I was, <laughs> was almost. Like da- Dangerfield? <laughs> this is my piss poor Rodney Dangerfield. It's pretty good, actually. <laughs> my wife, she can't cook either. Let me tell you. <laughs> That's <laughs> really good. I got the only dog that begs for Alka-Seltzer. The flies <laughs> chipped in to get the screen door fixed. I tell you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I used to do that in high school. That's really good. Arnold and Nat. Oh man, yeah. you gotta do some more voice impressions. Oh, so, did you get any respect in high school? No, nope. absolutely <laughs> no respect. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, okay, so let's uh, Fitz is never take a minute back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Fitz is gonna go back to Lee and Terry. Be like, dude, what did you guys sign me up for? <laughs> you guys are a bunch of freaking morons. Yeah, all they do is cuss all the time. And <laughs> help me. Help me. <laughs> nice. I was uh, planning to try to keep the swearing to a minimum on this episode in case we could get some uh, RC Roundtable listeners. 
Sure. Check in you could on do us. that. Do that. Hey, I mean, I said try. I'm sure it won't happen. Yeah. But. <laughs> I mean, get the guys together. Sometimes, you know, guys will be guys, right? So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um. All right. Before we go on the main topic, Kevin, did you get a tornado warning? I got a freaking tornado warning on my phone. What? Yeah. How you guys like, you know, the news weather service, like the emergency yeah, no, alerts? No, not yet. You got a freaking tornado warning in the area till 9 p.m. I mean, it's only 20 minutes from now, but take shelter now, it says. What the? Uh, I'm going to take a little screenshot of that. 